0: On everybody, it is Reed Jones. Welcome to a new episode of Not Your Normal Reed. Been a while. Uh today I'm going to be talking about the trade deadline. I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Mars. Mars, how about you go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody where to find you, so on and so forth. Um Okay,
1: uh, first off, we just want to thank Reed for having me on. We've been cool for a minute. Um, my name is Mars. If you know me, follow me on Twitter, if you know it's Marsjoint underscore. Mars underscore on Instagram. I have a podcast myself called the no bias podcast where we kick nothing but real stats, no narratives, no agendas real. You can find that on Apple and Spotify.
0: Yeah, no problem. Everybody do take a listen to no bias. It is a good podcast. Uh Mars is a good friend of mine. Uh, we met during on Twitter through the Nets bucks, Eastern conference semifinal series. Um So Mars, how about you? Obviously the Nets made a lot of moves. We're gonna talk about that. Yeah. How about you tell everybody exactly how you became a Nets fan, so on and so forth?
1: Um, with me, you know, uh came for watching growing uh, watching the Nets in Jersey, like for like a year or two before they moved to Brooklyn, huge Brooklyn as a Darren Darren Williams fan prior to Darren Williams ultimately pulling some bullshit to get up out of Brooklyn, but that's neither here nor there. Not there. Um, really started uh, cheering them on once they made that trade, i Kevin Garnett, Paul Parkers and those guys, thinking that we may have had a shot at to the finals again this time in Brooklyn. But you know, with LeBron being LeBron and those guys themselves being up there in age, that didn't quite happen as I thought it would. But and if you look at it now, still not gonna happen. You know, with that with uh, the trade deadline, everything, all the moves that we've made. But mm-hmm. when you look at it. And you look at the end of it in totality and what we have now, it's a great next step for the future and what we can do with those young guys over there. So
0: everything is everything. Yeah. I mean, I just, I have written down that uh this is everyone that the Nets basically have had since the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving signing and what the Nets have to show for it now. So the Nets, They got the sign-and-trade for Kevin Durant with D'Angelo Russell. They signed Kyrie Irving. They signed DeAndre Jordan. Karis LeVert was already on the roster. Jared Allen was already on the roster. Torian Prince was already on the roster. They traded for James Harden, part of the Karis LeVert, Jared Allen. They traded, and they got James Harden and Paul Mills setback, and T.J. Warren was signed in the offseason. And this is what the Nets have to show for it. They have eight first-round picks. Seven second round picks, Edmund Sumner, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, who's left to go to Chicago in free agency, Ben Simmons, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney Smith, Mikhail Bridges, and Cam Johnson. So Mars, what exactly do you feel right now as a Nets fan about the Kyrie KD era, the failed big three as KD, Kyrie and Harden only played uh, ten games total, and about what exactly Brooklyn has to show for this failed era.
1: Um, I felt angry at first, you know, uh, when uh, Kyrie was ultimately traded. But like looking back, like when it first started, when you first got Kate, when they first got Katie and Kyrie together in Brooklyn, um, Sean Marks, former net, now current GM. Being in that position, having to hire a head coach and to go out against Steve Nash, who's a close friend of Sean Marks, and Steve Nash hasn't coached any basketball, no matter what the level was. And for your first job to be able to coach Kyrie and Kevin Brand, like, I think, honestly, you, like, especially what happened in the bubble, you could give Jacques Vaughn that opportunity, how kind of he coached us through the bubble, how he got us through the bubble with a team catching COVID and having to replace bunch of guys just to get through the uh, season being restarted, you give Jacques Bond that opportunity. Instead, you bring in your friend. That tells me right there that Sean Marks' mentality wasn't to win championships. It was just look good. And, of course, you know Kyrie and Kevin Durant, they're going to make you look great. They're going to make you look like one of the best GMs in the league. When in actuality, you're just there just to look good, look good the players, uh give, give, give jobs to your friends which I wouldn't have had a problem with if Steve Nash had a track regular coach. coaching. Yep. When you look at um, Golden State, you look at Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr paid his dues. Worked in the front office at Phoenix during the, Na- during the Nash era, ironically. And he paid his dues. When you look at assistants like Tyron Lue, who coaches the Clippers now, he paid his dues as an assistant, paid his dues as a player, so he knows the game. Agreed. And Steve Nash doesn't know the game, but Steve Nash just didn't pay his dues in part of the coaching. You can't I feel like you shouldn't just be able to just first job I got Camriera a Carrier. That should yep. never happen. Oh yeah. Like when guys when guys like Jacques Vaughn who worked his ass off as an assistant, I believe he was an assistant in Orlando too, I could be wrong. But he was, he paid was his dues, Completely paid his dues. Um guys like Sam Cusell, who still hasn't had a head coach opportunity. Sam Cassell's been an assistant for as long as I can fucking remember. I feel like Sam Cassel's been an assistant first day he retired. Yeah. Assistant immediately. Um, Jerry Stackhouse has been an assistant for a long long yep. time. If you look down in the G League, and you look at the Raptors, I believe Jerry Stackhouse was responsible for a lot of their success. Yeah, he was the G, G League, League coach. Team. Exactly. And you would think that with all the players that has came up through the Raptors, G League, and how successful they've been, the Seattle know oh, yeah. the world, and the Chris Boucher's and Fred Van Vlees and the Fred Van Vliet, you would think that Jerry Stackhouse would at least get an interview or two of and uh, during the off season, like all these teams that have had to replace coaches, you would think that Jerry Stackhouse would have gotten an opportunity by now. Instead, you look at Steve Nash, and it, it always goes back to having friends in high places and Steve Nash that worked out for him because getting that job as your first gig the coach Kevin and Kyrie Irving is honestly insane.
0: Yeah. Like the way the way I kind of look at the Nets right now, I it kind of this era kind of reminded me of that attempted super team. With Deron Williams, Joe Johnson, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett and Brooke Lopez because Jason Kidd freshly retired had never coached before became the head coach and it was gone like that. But the thing is, is I do think the Nets have a brighter future than when that super team ended in a way. Uh, Jason Kidd was obviously fired. He had never been coach He had never coached before. And I don't think it was really the player's nor Jason Kidd's fault. I just think it was kind of the way that the team was run where they just kind of went all in and traded a lot of talent for a 34 and 35 year old Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett who had already right. shown signs of declining in Boston, but I mean the way I look at it is Ben Simmons is a ghost of himself. Now, Ben Simmons the way he's been talking about basketball and stuff, I just think two things are wrong with Ben Simmons. I think that Philly is a hard team to play for in terms of the city and the fans and the way that they treat their players. Um Especially what they consider success. Yes. Especially what they consider success. And I think that that just took a lot on his um mental health in a way and just kind of like the yips and stuff. But also, I do think his back injury was a lot more serious than we think because regardless of Ben Simmons, the offensive player, Ben Simmons is not even the same defender he once was, where he was considered a top five defender. He can guard the one through five because he's bigger than all these guards and he's faster, more athletic than all these bigs and so on and so forth. But, I mean, Mikael Bridges is 26 years old, is a top five to ten defender in the league is going from a fourth option to a number one, number two option. Cam Johnson, 27 years old. He's a great prototypical 3 and D wing. Nick Claxton, 22, 23 years old, is going to make an all-defense team. We saw just this scoring outburst, Lynn Sanity run from Cam Johnson. I don't think it's Lynn Sanity when I talk about that. I think that he's a true 18 to 22 point per game guy in the future, but just, but he's not going to be putting up 40 points per game, but he's not just going to fall off the face of the earth and just sure. live off of that three to five day stretch for his, the rest of his career. And regardless of exactly how you feel about Brooklyn's roster, there are 10 to 12 legitimate guys that are deserving of minutes that are actual NBA players that any team would want. Like, and eight first round picks. Now granted, it's eight first round picks. They're coming from Philly and they're coming from Phoenix. It's not in Dallas. They're not going to be, you know, lottery picks, top 5, top 10 picks, but eight first round picks in theory, the next pre-Madonna superstar that doesn't like their situation that wants out, they can make an offer for. Like I think we're about 2 or 3 years away. From Anthony Edwards asking out of Minnesota in a cam Johnson Cam Thomas, whatever other players the Nets draft within the next two or three years in future first round picks, Minnesota might just say, "Screw it and send them so i I think brooklyn I still think that they are a seven eight seed just based off of their current standing and a play in seed just because of the quality of players they have no like superstar all-star caliber players. I mean Mikhail Bridges could become an all-star. Nick Claxon, if he gets better offensive game, could become an all-star. But they have all like those like B plus to C quality players and it's a whole roster full of them. Right.
1: And when you when you look at the roster and what we got from the overturning of what could have been in a big three duo that we did have. Um the outlook is great, honestly. Um, where we're still sitting in the standings, we're still considered a playoff team. Yeah. I still think we can make the playoffs. Um, yeah, you're better
0: than Chicago. You're better than yeah.
1: You're better, better than Chicago the bottom State, of
0: Toronto. Yeah, better than the bottom of the pack, of course. Like Pistons, yeah. Charlotte, Indies. Now, do like we
1: fall to the plan? Possibly could fall to the plan, but yeah. I still think we have a chance of getting in. Now. With us being where we are, the uh the goal for this team is completely different than it was coming in. Completely different than it was the past few years. But with the players that we do have, and if we're able and with the money that we have saved and or generated with the trades of Kyrie and Kevin Durant, we have the opportunity to lock those players up for a long future in Brooklyn and trying to rebuild not necessarily rebuild, but retool. Yep. And try to get back to those goals and aspirations of potentially competing for a championship. And yep. that's gonna take time. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. A lot of these teams that have won championships, it took a long time for them to get there. If you look at the Bucks, it took them a long time yep. to get back to the finals, first title in fifty years, a few years ago. It took a it took a long time to get there. It took a lot of drafting the right pieces, trading for the right pieces,
0: bringing yeah, in the right pieces. switching set. Eric Bledsoe for Drew Holiday, the you know the emergence of Pat Connaughton, the signing of Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, Brandon, so and in so Mike as the head coach, um, and then making tough decisions as well. You know, when the Bucks
1: had uh, Malcolm Brogdon, letting him go was a tough decision, but it was ultimately the
0: right decision. It paid off. It first, first cleared up it, the it cap space off. for. Drew Holiday and Bobby Portis who are yep. NBA champs, All-Star and Bobby Portis is top 10 in double-doubles in the league and he comes off the bench. Yeah. So, uh let's go ahead and discuss uh we'll start off with the two big Nets trades. We're going to do now we're going to get into all the deadline trades and we're going to do some live grading, talk about what it means for each team, talk about what we like, what we don't like, some winners, some losers, so on and so forth. So we're going to start off with the first trade that the Nets made. The Dallas Mavericks received Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a first-round pick in 2029, unprotected, and two second-round picks. Morris, just live reaction, as we've already seen it happen, what would you grade this trade for both teams?
1: I think for Dallas, they get an A. Dallas gets an A. Um, now does Kyrie stay with Dallas after the season? As you know, he's a free agent after the season that that remains to be seen. Now, the biggest thing with Kyrie Irving in regards to him being traded was he wants a four year extension worth 200 million. Now that's a lot for a player of his age, but when you look at the kind of player that Kyrie is, when Kyrie is focused, when Kyrie is available, when Kyrie is, Playing like the Kyrie the Irving that we know, he's focused on yes. playing better, which he was like up until him being traded. The way he yeah. was playing in Brooklyn when KD went down, All Star started. That, okay, okay. When when Kevin Durant gets back, we're gonna they're gonna they're gonna look great. They're gonna continue to go yeah. like places. But then out of nowhere, I want to be traded. I want to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So does he stay in Dallas? I think that depends on what Dallas does with the rest of the team, because. They wanted to, they wanted to trade, uh, JaVale. They wanted to trade Christian Wood. Unfortunately, didn't get those trades off. But I think Javell and I think Christian Wood can definitely help this team. I think the biggest thing with Dallas and since they've had Luka is just a lack of help around Luka. Um, guys like Tim Hardaway Jr. sometimes inconsistent. Uh, Massey Cleva, inconsistent. Berton, mm-hmm. who they brought, who uh, was a big trade acquisition for them. I want to say last season or season before. Yeah, two, uh, a year and a half ago. Inconsistent. So when you bring in a guy like Kyrie Irving, pairing him with Luca, that that goes over the top in regards to duos, in regards to scoring, because we know both of those guys can fill it up with the best of them, fill it up in a, in a quick quick minute. That's that's a championship backcourt. Now, of course, people want to say defensively. Defensively, they might not look the greatest, but that's what the buyout market is for. Yep. You heard today, Terrence Ross finally getting out of Orlando after seven years. He can finally sign with a contender and apparently the Mavericks will be his first option, might be even his only option. He might I like that a lot. And I like that. That gives them another option of scoring. Because as you know, if you actually, you know, Magic fans know, and of course, you know, if you a basketball fan in general, Terrence Ross can score. Yeah. Terrence Ross is uh, he's more than just a dunker that he was when he first entered the league almost 10 years ago, or it might have been. might have, might have been a decade now. It's been a, it's been a while. But, he's a hooper. Um, he's a bucket. He, he, he's, he can uh, shoot the three. He, he's a three-level scorer. And when you add that to what you already have in Dallas, Dallas still is going to need the buyout market for sure to fill out the rest of this team. But the Mavs can definitely make a push. I'm not saying they can make it to the finals. Of course, you know, with Kevin Durant being in Phoenix now, I feel like it's a Phoenix conference to lose. Yep. But... If Kyrie likes the situation, if he feels like, you know, this is where I want to be, if he feels like he can do great things in Dallas, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't stay. I yeah. Mean, you said you wanted the extension, the four year 200 mil. There's not a lot of teams that can give him that or want to give him that. I feel and like if Mark there's
0: Cuban an, is that- yeah, I was going to say, if there's an owner that's willing to shell out that money, it would be Mark Cuban. That's you know, Cuban. he'll just start investing more in Shark Take.
1: Yeah, <laughs> especially when you look at how Luca hasn't had the success in the playoffs that he wants to have, like, or not the same, like, the sense that he wants to have, but the kind of success that he can have. Luca is a NBA finals type player. He's yep. a player that can get to those, like, Luca knows what it takes to win championships. Oh yeah. You don't know the Euro League is way tougher than the NBA. There's a lot of shit that people get away with in the NBA that you can't get away with in Euro League. He's been doing so, it since like, 16. Four, Exactly. So a score of his capabilities, doing what he did in EuroLeague, it's way easier for him to score in this league. Yeah, he might be out of shape. He might be doughy on the sides, but this is a Luca's a killer that can give you 40, that can give you 50, that can give you a 60-point triple-double. We've seen it. Like, Luca is that man. When you put Kyrie next to that, and you just get the right role players because I feel like, you know, like, we've seen the super teams. Super teams are cool after a while, but when you when when it boils down to just being well coached and just putting the team together, you all you need is a duo, two yep. really good all star players and a bunch of great role players that know their role that can
0: play their role role well. A lot of vets. Yeah, like like and that man. bubble Lakers team. Yeah, like LeBron and AD, the and then they had all the vets, all the role guys. you had,
1: McGee, you had Dwight Howard, Avery Bradley, uh, KCP, a lot of old guys. Caruso, you know, you know, Kuzma. You, If you know LeBron, LeBron led teams when he wins championships. It's a lot of old motherfuckers on those teams. Oh yeah, and you can say them old motherfuckers is rain chasing. They are, but a lot of those old motherfuckers that play with LeBron on those championship teams that he's won championships with, they're vets that can still give you quality production when their number is called. In the bubble, they were worried about, um, like the Lakers were one of the worst three point shooting teams in the bubble. They were one of the worst three point shooting teams that season prior to it shutting down. And restarting back up, but when it came down to their defense, they relied on their defense because you know Frank Bogle, defensive minded mm-hmm. coach, they use their defense to be their offense. In yep. turn, when you cause turnovers and steals and get out in transition, which as you know, the Lakers don't want to be best teams when they're in transition, when they're running and out and everybody's moving and offense is that way, the threes are going to come. They make a lot of timely threes. Yep. Uh, going back to the bubble against uh, my I think when they closed out the Heat. Rondo made like five threes that game. Yeah, it was playoff Rondo. <laughs> Rondo has never really been known as three point shooter, but timely threes, and that's what the Lakers hung their hat on. KCP known as a sharpshooter struggled a little bit, but when they needed him most, he was there. Danny Green struggled that entire play that entire playoff run. Danny yeah, Green. Yeah, they, they could have won KCP, in Game KCP, Five, but they went to Game Six because he missed that three. But they still believed in them. They still like yo know, keep shooting the ball. A Shooting yep. slump is a shooting slump. Every shooter goes through it. You can't get out of it if you stop shooting. Yep. And that and that just goes back to quality coaching, vets knowing their roles, and hopefully, as we saw, the Lakers got the job done. And the same thing with the Bucks a few years back. They had a lot of they had a lot of quality guys, quality vets on that team like PJ Tucker. And when you look at the trade deadline, you look at the acquisitions that they made getting Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder's going to play that ex- same exact role that P.J. Tucker played for them during that championship run. Yep. What makes it even better is Jay Crowder's from Wisconsin. He's yeah, Marquette. From Marquette. Marquette. This is home for him. Yeah. Like, he, like So you bring in that defensive edge from a guy who's been in the league years, been to the finals a few, a
0: few times, hasn't won, but he's been there. He knows what it takes to get there. He knows Even if he hadn't be. gone to the finals, he's played in enough – He's played in enough playoff series. He was on that yeah, he Boston team. Series. He he was on, you know, Miami. Then he was on Phoenix. Like he is a playoff proven vet. You know what you are gonna get from Jake Roddick. Exactly. So for back to the Mavericks Nets, for you gave it you gave the Mavericks an A. What would you give the Nets? Uh it's kind of, it's kind of tricky. Dorian Finney Smith a first and two seconds.
1: I would say for the Nets in regards to this trade, I'd probably give them a would uh, probably give them a F just based on that Joe Tsai's biggest like his goal with that Kyrie trade wasn't to improve the team. It wasn't to uh it it wasn't about money, it wasn't about cap yep. space or anything like that. That came with it, but it wasn't about that. It was just about making sure that Kyrie ever didn't go where he wanted to go. yep According to a lot of the analysts out there, the Dave McMenamins, the Brian Windhorse of the world. Kyrie wanted to go to the Lakers, reunite LeBron, make it happen that way. Joe Cy, you've been, according to Joe like uh, you've been out of the loop this entire season. You've been tripping. You've been wilding out. I'm not fin- – Yeah. And then you asked to be traded out of nowhere. I'm not going to give you what you want. You're not – Yeah, exactly. Out of this situation. So that trade for us, it was just getting Kyrie out of there. Yep. Uh, just – Cause we could have sent him to Phoenix. We could have sent Kyrie to Phoenix. Would have had got a way better package, but that it wasn't about that. It was just getting him to fuck up out of there. So for yep. us, I give him, give us a F. So I,
0: I give the Mavericks a B and I will bump it to an A if Kyrie signs an extension. The reason I'm giving it a B is, as you said, Kyrie and Luca. Are probably the second or third best duo in the league now. I, like that. KD and Booker to me are, is we'll, after this, we're going to grade the Phoenix Nets trade. KD and Booker are probably the best duo. And then it comes down to who would you prefer more? Luca, Kyrie, AD, LeBron. And currently, the way that we've seen just health wise, I'm probably leaning Luka Kyrie. They're the best backcourt in the league without a doubt. Right. Um and so I'm giving it a B unless Kyrie signs in the offseason. Now, as you said, just to separate the art and the artist here. The artist in Kyrie Irving, you know, the anti-vax stuff, the anti-semitic stuff, a lot of anti stuff, anti round earth and all of that. Um <laughs> He's been he's been away from the team. He's been getting suspended. He's been getting fined. But when you look at the art, Kyrie as a basketball player, that is a top fifteen player in the league. And you pair him right. with a top three to five guy in Luka Doncic. You pair, Kyrie wanted to go with the Lakers. Well, guess what? Kyrie is playing with the younger version, the modern version of LeBron in Luka Doncic. And and let, if the Mavericks didn't make this trade, Dallas was maybe going down that first Cavs run with LeBron where they're just getting a lot of quality guys, but he doesn't have that second legit guy because Luka Doncic had this season, he still has yet to play with Kyrie has a 39% usage rate. That would be the biggest usage rate of all time by nine percent. The next highest after him is the Russell Westbrook MVP season. So regardless of uh, the basketball fit, yes. Markeith Morris was just in there just to get thrown in there. But the Kyrie Luka thing, as you pointed out, that backcourt, and if they get Terrence Ross and stuff, I really do like Dallas's roster. I agree that it's Phoenix's to lose. Dallas could or Denver could present some matchup problems because Denver's best player is, you know, a seven footer and everything, you know, the analytics, God, Nikola Jokic and stuff. But Tim Hardaway Jr. is a good three and D wing. Reggie Bullock is a good three and D wing. Christian Wood can put up the 20 and tens. If they get Terrence Ross, that's a score. Josh Green and Jaden Hardy are two guard forwards that are super young that have taken leaps. Taking leaps in and the past month to, or two. Uh, as Reggie Miller would say, they're going to have to grow up quick. Oh yeah. Like,
1: um, they're going to have to grow up quick because if Dallas is able to make a run, like which Mavericks have been in the playoffs the last couple of years with just Luca being just Luca. So you add Kyrie to that. And of course, with the rest of the guys in the roster, guys like Jalen Green, or Josh Green, I mean, yep. that finally getting a full opportunity with the minutes and guys like Jaden Hardy who Josh Green and Jaden Hardy are buckets. We know what yeah. they're capable of doing scoring-wise. They can fill it up with the best of them. But they're going to have to grow up quick. They're going to have yep. to uh, be able to make the right pass, be at the right position whenever Kyrie or Luca tries to make a pass to get them involved. They have to be there the timely threes. And then defensively. Defensively is where you're going to get your minutes. They're athletic exactly.
0: enough to become good defenders.
1: Exactly. And they're young. So the energy is there. And the hunger to be great is there. You're playing with Kyrie and Luca. I don't see why not. So, yeah, this Mavericks team... Like you said, if they, if they can get Kyrie to resign, I mean, to sign an extension, if they can get, if and you know, Mark Cuban is willing, uh, Mark Cuban is willing to spend money. This yeah. is Mark Cuban we're talking about. Yeah, this is Kyrie Irving, and you want Luca to have people to play with. You want the team and be to be happy. Great. Yeah, and be happy. You don't want Luca to get frustrated and like this shit sucks. I want out. You don't want that. Yep. So if they can bring in Terrence Ross and possibly bring in anybody else that might that are going to get bought out, like the Mavericks.
0: On paper and what they could potentially be, they look good. a couple more plays; they look great. Yeah, they sign great. me up. Sign me up for a Dallas Phoenix rematch from last year, but now also Kyrie versus KD. Um, so for the Nets aspect, Dinwiddie, Finney Smith, first, 20, first two first round picks. I'm just gonna give it a solid C C minus. Uh, if if KD hadn't been traded it may have been a little higher because you're not getting the quality player, all-star caliber player you're getting in Kyrie, but based off what they saw from Cam Thomas and then adding Dinwiddie, who is familiar with Brooklyn, who is a 20 point per game score and Finney Smith adds another three and D wing and stuff. Um, it probably would have been a little higher for me, but with the consequential KD trade, it's dropping to a CC minus to me. Um, so that's, what I think. And now we're going to move on to the other Brooklyn Nets trade, kind of the snowball rolling when Kate, when Kyrie got traded. Kevin Durant was trade and TJ Warren going back home to fe- to the Phoenix Suns. The Brooklyn Nets receive Mikkel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder. We'll talk about Jay Crowder in the separate, but he was obviously flipped to Milwaukee and five first round picks, four unprotected. In one pick swap, I believe it's 2028 is the pick swap, and the four unprotected are 2023, 2025, 2027, and 2029. So I'm going to start off with grading this. Phoenix Suns A plus. You get a yeah. top five player, top ten, fifteen player all time in his prime, having one of his best seasons ever. 29 7 6. He's getting. He has like 20 some games with two blocks. He's Basically damn near 50, 40, 90 again at his peak. You, you know, you, you don't have, to, you don't have to say, Katie, we need you back now or we're going to v- drop in the rankings because of who Phoenix already has in Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton and TJ Warren. People forget bubble TJ Warren and stuff when he was on the Pacers, but TJ Warren is sure. familiar with Phoenix. He's played with Devin Booker before and you know, they lose Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, but A consolation prize of T.J. Warren is a guy that you can say, hey, he's going to get us 7 to 10 points, play 10, 20 minutes for us, and all that. That's an A-plus for Phoenix. Phoenix, they lose depth, but to get a guy that, before he got hurt, was top 3 to 5 in the MVP rankings, player in the league, certified bucket getter. Like, Phoenix is now One one of the greatest of all time. Phoenix is now the mid range God team. Chris Paul is one of the best mid range shooters of all time. Kevin Durant, outside of Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, is probably the best mid range shooter of all time. Devin Booker, mid range shooter. But the thing is, like, Kate, like, I'm betting on Chris Paul over assists the rest of the season when Katie's there. Like, Chris Paul, he's been dealing with injuries. It seems that he's a step slower and stuff, but he doesn't need to be what they needed for them to get to the finals in 2021. Now, when you add Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton, you know, he he wanted to go to the Pacers. He's having trouble with Monty Williams. His job is about to be so much easier now. He's going to get all the rebounds. He's going to get all the lobs and stuff. So I'm giving an A-plus to Phoenix. And for Nets, I'm going to give it a B-plus. Mikel Bridges, as we talked about, 26 years old. He's going from a fourth option to a one to two option. Cam Johnson is a prototypical three and D wing and then five first round picks, 2023, 2025. They're not going to be good, but the fact is you have the 27, 28 and 29 first round picks. Chris Paul is going to be way out of the league in 2029. Kevin Durant's R- probably going to be out of the league in 2029. I believe that would put him at 40, 41 years old and. R- Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, they might be a new team. So I'm giving it an A-plus for Phoenix and a B-plus for Brooklyn. What would you grade it, and what do you think the impact is for both teams?
1: For for Phoenix, definitely an A-plus team that was in the finals, was up 2-0 in the finals, didn't get the job done. You want to capitalize on what you have. Bucks and six. Bucks and six. Uh, You want to capitalize on what you have. Chris Paul is not going to be around forever. Chris probably has probably like a year or maybe two left in him. Like you say, I think I
0: think this out. adds another another year to his career dedicated. Yeah.
1: But I think I give them a I give him an A, but I'm giving him an A minus. And the reason I'm giving them an A minus is when you look at the when you look at the chemistry and you look at the issues with that Aiden had with the franchise, mm-hmm. not getting the desired amount of years that he went for his extension, about to get paid by the Pacers. But Phoenix ultimately matching that contract. You don't really know, per se, if Aiden wanted to be in Phoenix anymore. It just happens that he was a restricted free agent. Now, with that being said, what, what the Suns did that kind of fucked themselves, I feel like, was giving Chris Paul that extension before they paid Aiden. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You give Chris Paul, I think he got a four-year, over $100 million contract. Chris Paul's going to be done soon. Yeah. Why he got that extension? It just goes back to yeah, some former cricket player, some former Chris Paul teammates. I've said it before that Chris Paul can be very selfish at times. Playing with Chris Paul can be very difficult because of the kind of person they chooses to be on any given day. And with Aiden, I feel like a slap in the face because like you drafted me number one overall. A lot of people said I yep. didn't win number one just, just because of the talent that came after me Luca, Trey Young, guys of that nature. But yep. paying Chris Paul before you pay Aiden was a complete fuck up. So with trading with Kevin Durant, they're trying to you're trying to win a championship with these guys because you know this team is going to be breaking up soon.
0: it's the best top four in the league.
1: Yeah, Devin Booger might still be there, but this team isn't going to stay together that much longer. I don't see it happening. Now, with Phoenix getting Kevin Durant, they become the team, in my opinion, to come out the West and go back to the finals. And the bio market is going to be their best friend because who doesn't want to play for Phoenix at this given point in time? Now, oh yeah, they lost a lot of their depth, but they're going to regain a shit ton of depth because guys like Reggie Jackson, if he gets bought out. He's going to go straight to Phoenix. Guys like John Wall, if he gets bought out, he might go to Phoenix.
0: Yep.
1: And having and I know John Wall is the same player he was. Didn't work out with the Clippers, but John. It's Wall a guy that can give you
0: ten to fifteen minutes.
1: Yeah, John John Wall John Wall coming off your bench. And giving you quality minutes is still better than uh no disrespect, but it's Rain white coming off the bench, yep. trying to give you quality minutes. So things they're at the position where they can add so much more talent to their bench, talented guys that can give them a good 15 to 20 minutes on any given night, and can give you 20 to 25 points if their if their shots are falling, can give you 10 to 15 assists off the bench in John Wall if he goes there. So. I give it an A minus just because of you know the history of the recent animosity between Aiden and the franchise, but it's still an A minus. They're still the yep. team. I feel like to, the the Western Conference is there to lose, and they could easily. I feel like they could easily if Kevin Durant stays healthy, Chris Boss stays healthy, they could easily coast. I feel like
0: through the West coast. Oh yeah. So what would you now, give this for Brooklyn as a especially as a Nets fan? So for Brooklyn, this trade. I wasn't expecting
1: it. I woke up and saw it in the middle of the night. I wasn't expecting Kevin Durant to be traded, and I knew it was a possibility. Honestly, if honestly, I like I put together a hypothetical trade package if he was to go to Phoenix, which ultimately did come true. Just that I didn't have Jay Crowder involved, but the trade that the package I did like, if he was traded, was actually traded him to Denver. Just because I wanted Michael Porter Jr. to have a green light, we know what kind of player Michael Porter Jr. is when healthy. We saw it when he was in high school in Seattle. Michael Porter Jr. is insane. Michael Porter mm-hmm. Jr. in Brooklyn with a green light as the best player on a Nets team. Yeah. Michael Porter Jr. is giving you 27 a game. Yep. And you pair Durant with Murray and Jokic, that puts that that's title. It, it'd be what that's we're talking cool. about with
0: Phoenix right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's,
1: it's, it's title. Because when you look at, like, like, Jokic is the drunken master of basketball. Like, he plays the game. Like, it looks funny. It looks wacky, like the way he brings the ball to the court. But I mean, they call him the big honey for a reason. Like, he gets the job done every single night. Tri- walking a triple-double, like, get a triple-double in his sleep. Gets, play, makes everyone around him better. But, yeah, for us, like, for this trade, I would probably grade it a c C, C-plus, just yep. basically based on so the error that we tried to have with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden at one point, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, didn't work out. But what we got back, I feel like, makes up for not getting it done. Of course, a lot of Nets fans were like, we're not going to win no championship with this team, no time. So, of course we aren't. Yeah. But we did get a lot of quality players back that are still fairly young. And with the money that we have, we can lock them up for the future, we have the picks, like you said, to possibly make a trade to bring in a disgruntled superstar. But it, but it but it, ultimately depends on where we go, who we keep. I feel like Dorian Finney-Smith might be the odd man out just because yep. Royce O'Neal are two similar players. And I feel like yep. Royce O'Neal is just a little bit more consistent as yep. a shooter and a scorer. I agree. I agree. He definitely brings a little bit more in regards to him being multi-multi multifaceted with this game. He's a great passer. He's a great shooter great defender, whereas Dorian Finney-Smith is just a great shooter and a great defender, but you can't really expect it from Dorian every night. So Dorian might be the odd man now, but overall, I'll give it a C-. Yeah,
0: no, I I definitely agree. It would have been definitely interesting to see a KD to KD-Jokic duo. Um, But at the end of the day, I mean, Mikkel Bridges, he's going from a fourth option to a one or two. As we talked about, he's a top five to ten defensive player of the year defensive player he was defensive player of the year runner up last year he and now he's still 26 he's under contract for the next three to four years and now he's getting a green light he's getting the everyone on brooklyn has the green light they are a team as as i as we said b plus to c role players they just don't have that anyone on the a level and i i, I would say mikhail bridges is borderline b plus so right. the thing is is like it's a retool, not a rebuild. As soon as you get that superstar and you keep and you still keep some of those good quality role players, that's instantly you're leaping up to that kind of like Miami Cleveland level. You're not getting to the Boston, Philly, Milwaukee level anytime soon, just based right. off of who like who those guys have. I mean, they have Giannis, best player in the world and be top five player in the world. Tatum borderline top five, definitely top 10 player, so on and so forth. So I really like it and as you said I do agree that paying Chris Paul before DeAndre Ayton was worse. Um as Chris Paul is older, he's 37, about to be 38 very soon. Um DeAndre Ayton was putting up numbers in the playoffs that only Shaq, David Robinson and Giannis had done within the last like 25 years and you don't pay that guy. You don't realize we have a 7-foot athletic specimen and everything. So I definitely agree. I That I see how you ranked it in A minus, and I also see how you gave Brooklyn what they did. So, Brooklyn Nets trades aside, let's get into some of the other trades. We're going to go through this one pretty quick because it had already happened. We've already seen it for a bit. Um, It's the Rui Hachimura trade. The Lakers got Rui Hachimura. The Wizards received Kendrick Nunn, two second round picks. Lakers, I gave it a solid B. Wizards, I give it a C minus. Rui Hachimura, 24 years old, hasn't really We kind of, it seems like we already kind of know what he's going to be in this league. He's a decent defender, decent shooter. He's just, he's a 10 points, four or five rebounds, get you a, you know, a block a game and stuff. Um, the Wizards, I give it a, I said, I think I give it a C minus. It definitely, the way Kyle Kuzma has been playing and the way that Washington thinks of Denny Avdia, it definitely shows that they're leaning towards those two guys. with Porzingis and you know even Corey Kispert Roy Hachamore's old teammate from Gonzaga and Washington seems like they're leaning there to get Nunn back it it is what it is Kendrick Nunn just he's Kendrick Nunn we know what we know what he is in two second round picks I mean this this isn't a you know blockbuster trade this isn't even an impactful trade for the lakers it just adds a young rotation piece for the wizards it just frees up minutes for avdia and kispert
1: yeah i i think for this grade I, for this trade i probably uh, give it a, a b for the lakers um a d for the wizards just because i feel like touch on the wizards first i don't i feel like the wizards are just prolonging the rebuild they've been prolonging this rebuild for years um, to give, prop to give it an NFL comparison, they're like the Colts, in which the Colts are bringing a veteran quarterback every year for no reason, instead of just yeah going for a rebuild, bringing all young pieces, and let's just start this thing over. The Wizards refuse to start this thing over, and that's a problem. You brought in Westbrook, got you the first round, didn't do much after that. Was traded right after that. Porzingis is the, and Rui, when he first got to Washington. And the way he played, you thought, okay, this is going to be a piece that they can build around with Bill and the rest of those guys. But then they brought in, you, you bring in Porzingis, you trade for Porzingis, you bring in Kuzma, and with White Kuzma and Porzingis are playing, and what they can bring you, Rui lost his minutes in the rotation. You you draft Kispert you still have Avia who didn't really have a good who didn't have a good rookie season, but you're still trying to make do on that pick. You want to see that pick do well, so you're going to give him minutes. Rui just kind of fell back in the rotation. Now Rui is, you know, a versatile wing an elite, in a league in a in a league where wings are at a premium. Every team wants a, a wing, a three D re- three D wing. Everybody, every team needs that. And for the Lakers, they lack that. They lack the, the size. They and they lack the shooting. Now Rui isn't the greatest three point shooter in the world, but he can occasionally step out and knock them down from all over the perimeter. And he's versatile. He can play defense. You can stick him on a two. You can stick him on a three. You can stick and him. He's on 24 four. years old. And he's 24, so with the Lakers, they definitely plan on signing him long term. I feel like I think they should sign him long term. I, I agree. And it like I said, it gives the Lakers another body to be able to go out there and defend at a high level every night. They don't need Rui to go out there and put up 30 and 10. That's what AD is for. If AD is healthy. So for the Lakers, I love the trade. I thought that it was a great trade for them, being able to flip Kendrick Nunn for Rui Hachimura, a pl- player and a person at a position that they really needed help in. Whereas with their guards, their guards were already lackluster. Kendrick Nunn didn't do much of anything there, so yep. getting rid of him was a, a great thing. And again, for the Wizards, it's just how how long y'all gonna prolong this rebuild? I mean, eventually yep. something has to give. Bradley Bill has to go. Um, he hasn't even been available the last couple of years just because he continues to catch COVID, which is of no fault of his own. It happens, but mm-hmm. availability is the best. Availability is the best ability, like being out there, yep. being able to play. We know what Brad Bill can bring to the table, but Brad Bill, you can't just make yourself the Eastern Conference Dame Willard, just trying to run it back when Wizards haven't even ran anywhere. Like they've yep. been stagnant, they've been stuck in the same spot
0: since John Wall. Left. Yep. No, I, I definitely agree. Um, Just Washington and Portland. Just, I just don't know what they're doing. We'll talk about Portland here in a few minutes with some of their moves, but here are two quick trades. I don't think they qualify for grading. It's just kind of roster retools. The Miami heat got cash for trading. Dwayne Deadman in a 2028 second round pick to the Spurs. All they really did was open up a roster spot. They're looking for yeah. a buyout market. Seems like Westbrook is a candidate to go there. Spurs, you know, just going for Wemby. And then the Kings, they got Kessler Edwards in cash and the Nets got the draft rights to David Michinow.
1: Yeah, those those trades are just to were just to help free up cash for both teams. I feel like to free up salary cap space, free up an open spot. The buyout market is about to be opening up real soon. We already got word on where some buyout pieces, potential buyout pieces, could be heading. Not sure yet, but we've been getting word of it. So those trades are just to you know prepare some of these teams for uh, you know the, the final push after the All Star break into the playoffs. The Kings especially. The Kings are looking to make the playoffs for the first time, I believe, since 06. So, I believe so, yes. So any so any potential piece that they can get off the bio market is a plus for them. So freeing up, you know, trying to free up as much space as possible, make room um, for San Antonio, like you said, going for Wimby at this point, season is washed. Uh, I mean, the season, I mean, for the Spurs, they weren't going to do much of anything this season. It's just more or less just, what can these young guys do that we brought in Keldon Johnson is great. Malachi Brandon has shown sign. Jeremy Sochan is amazing. Devin Vassell. So the have a lot of young pieces. If they can somehow look up and get Wimping Yama, sky's the limit for San Antonio. But yeah, those trades are just the free of spies to get ready for the buyout market.
0: Yep, I agree. Um, moving on to our next trade. This is the first move involving the Trailblazers that we will be talking about. The New York Knicks reunite former Villanova teammates by trading for Josh Hart. In giving up Cam Reddish, Ryan Arcadinato, and Sveen Micalia in a 2023 first round pick lottery protected. So if the Knicks make the playoffs, the Blazers uh, will, I believe the way it's working, if the Blazer, if the Knicks make the playoffs, the Blazers will receive it. If the Knicks miss the playoffs, the Knicks will keep it. Um, personally, I really like this. I mean, t- Cam Reddish was not playing. You know, we know how Tom Thibodeau feels. Uh, Ryan and Sfeet just, they were on the New York Knicks. I totally forgot Ryan Arcidano was on the team. Um, and they give up I'm the first. Round. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's a Tibbs guy. Um, and they get a first round pick and give up a first round pick that if they miss the playoffs, they get, um, and they get Josh Hart who, he hasn't been shooting it that well this year. It seems like that thumb injury he suffered late last year is still bothering him. But as a 6'4", 6'5", guard, he just, like, Josh he Hart, to me, extremely well. Josh Hart seems like a type of player that Tom Thibodeau dreams and slobbers over. He's a 6'4", <laughs> 6'5", guard. He rebounds. He plays defense. He can hit threes. He's a hustler. He, you know, he's athletic, so he can play – Forty minutes, and we know Thibodeau's going to play him those minutes.
1: Yeah, I I think with this trade, um, I'm a big Cam Reddish fan. Um, I still believe in Cam Reddish. I should probably stop believing in Cam Reddish, but I think this just—I think with Cam and just just dive off a little bit. Um, Cam should never went to Duke. I think that's a big problem with a lot of uh, top high school recruits. They team up with other high school recruits. And nowadays, especially now when you look at college and how these colleges recruit, a lot of these big powerhouses like Duke, Kentucky, they don't, they don't recruit based off team need. How many five stars can we get on this one roster? They're all going to be one and done anyway. How many can we get if they're out there with a very little, like 27 games, go to March Madness, try to do some, not a lot of chemistry. And that's why you see so many upsets. Like Cam Reddish should have taken the Anthony Edwards route go to a school where he gets the green light because in Duke, they use him as a spot-up shooter as if he was J.J. Reddick. Anthony Edwards was quoted as in saying that Cam Reddish is one of the toughest players that he had to ever guard prior to getting into the league. Cam Reddish is like that. And yes, although his best quality is three-point shooting, he's not just a spot-up shooter. We saw that when he got playing time in the Eastern Conference finals with the Hawks against the Bucks. I think he had
0: like a 30, 36, 38-point game. (laughs) He made a lot of shots. And then he had a like twenty-two point game the other the uh in another game in that series I believe. So yeah, I agree. I mean, reddish, reddish. I mean, that video from with Anthony Edwards. I mean, he he's stretching that out as long as he can. It's it's if he doesn't do well in Portland, it might be wraps for Cam reddish. Yeah, yeah. Now, like
1: him going to the Knicks, I thought that he would get playing time. I don't know why Tibbs didn't play him. That's a question that probably never get answered, just like why Tibbs doesn't play RJ Barrett in crunch time. And now with Josh Hart, RJ Barrett might never see crunch time. But yeah, this is, I don't want to say this is Cam's last opportunity, but this is probably his best opportunity in Portland to just try and do whatever it is they ask you to do. Cam Reddish can score from all over the floor this gives Dame another option to defer to so Dame doesn't have to have the ball in his hands as much. For Cam, he has the perfect opportunity to be the second primary ball handler on this roster. Now, with Portland, I feel like they're in the same boat, as in they're just delaying the inevitable. Dame is not bringing a championship to Portland. It's nope. just not happening. It's nope. not happening. Uh Stars have not gone there. It's just not. Then you traded McCollum,
0: which... Yeah, and you, Simons you is turning McCullum. into... You know, an all-star caliber player, but it basically seems like, oh, we've we've got younger McCollum. You know, yeah, younger, and, taller and, McCollum. Like we and we've and seen they, this before. And they
1: kept Simons. They didn't want to trade Simon because they view Simons as a piece of the future, which I understand, but that piece of the future means that Dame isn't going to be there much yeah. longer. Now, Dame has made it known like loyalty is a big thing to him, but I feel like after probably a few years ago, he realized, oh, I gotta stand on this bullshit or everybody's gonna boo me. I really don't want to be here no more, but if I flip and say I want to be traded, we're having all the loyalty talk. Yep. So Dame just has to stand on that until Portland says, Hey, we love you, but you gotta fucking go. This isn't working
0: anymore. Yep. So what would you quick quick final uh thing on this? I would give the Knicks a C plus, B minus, and I would give the Trailblazers a C minus. What would you give these?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll give the Knicks, I'll probably give the Knicks and Treblers both C just cause for the Treblers, it, it gives them another score. Uh, if C, yes. I don't know if C is going to crack the lineup, but it gets, that gives them another shooter. Um, Portland is probably going to be fighting for a playing spot if they, if they somehow do sneak the playoff spot. Um, and then for the Knicks, I like the Josh Hart acquisition. I like them reuniting him and Brunson. But also, what does this mean for the Knicks in the future? Because honestly, in my personal opinion with the Knicks, Julius Randle is not it. And I, yep. I think with Brunson, they struggle with Brunson. Brunson is great. Uh Mitchell Robinson, their center, he's, <coughs> he gets injured quite often. And then with Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau just isn't, I feel like he just isn't the coach for that team. Tom Thibodeau yep. has a lot of qualities that ruins players. We saw that with Derrick Rose, just playing players too long, Always bringing in former Bulls players like Gibson a few years ago, yeah. It, it, it's just like Tom tip it up. Like he did the same thing in Minnesota. So with Tom, yeah, like, the Knicks have to get a new coach. And I mean, Josh Hurt is gonna be a great rotational piece for him. I don't see uh, like what he could do to make them any better. To try to push for a championship because we know the Knicks are winning the championship.
0: But for both teams, I'll give them a C. Yep, I I agree. I mean, in theory, a, a five man unit for the for the Knicks of Brunson, Barrett, Hart, Randall, and Robinson. That's pretty, I mean, pretty a great good. Bus. I mean, that's a 6-7 that's that's a a seed in the East. Just I, There's those five for sure teams that we know are better, the Boston, yeah. Milwaukee, Philly, Miami, and Cleveland. Um, so now moving on to um, the probably third biggest trade of the deadline. The Los Angeles Lakers receive D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, and Malik Beasley, the Timberwolves receive Mike Conley Jr., Nikhil Alexander Walker in three second round picks. And the Utah Jazz receive Russell Westbrook, who we know is going to be bought out, Juan Toscano Anderson, Damian Jones, and the Lakers 2027 first round pick. Mars, instant reactions and grades go. For the
1: Lakers, that's an a plus. That's an a like being able to flip Westbrook and getting back the kind of value that you got back for Westbrook, who's had a a, a, a up-and-down season. I think with Westbrook, he just didn't fit in L.A. I don't think Westbrook is just a terrible player. No one wakes up and just chooses to be terrible unless you're Josh Smith. But with Westbrook, he just didn't fit. He just wasn't a good fit with the Lakers. You would have thought that having two primarily ball handlers, him and LeBron, would make things easier for the both of them. But he just wasn't a good fit. So you trade him, you bring in Vanderbilt, who's a great, 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 great power forward. Um, not all-star level great, but great in regards to rotational minutes, high-level energy, can do things that Rui can't really do. I think Vanderbilt is a better passer than Rui. Phenomenal so,
0: defender, too.
1: Phenomenal defender, and he was a player that a lot of teams wanted at the deadline. Philly wanted him. Portland wanted him. So Lakers, in the Lakers, they bring back D D'Lo. When D Lo was there the first time, Lakers fans loved him. They adored him. Yeah. First things didn't really end well, but he's older now. Um, I mean, still fairly young, but he's older now. He's more mature. He he can shoot. We know he can shoot. Malik Beasley can shoot. D Lo can score at all three levels. So that was a great trade for Lakers. The biggest thing with them is just staying healthy. We you know LeBron has a nagging foot injury, apparently. Anthony Davis always has nagging injuries that come and go. So the biggest thing with Lakers that has always been the biggest thing with themselves, so but I give them the A for the Timberwolves. I, I, I'll give them a C, I guess. I mean, I, like, I don't really know what the plan is in Minnesota. I don't think Mike Brown is going to be there long time. Probably not going to be there after this season. Uh, they, 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 they fucked up trading for Go Bear. Uh, and then with Utah, Utah, like, they started off the season on fire. Laurie Markman is an all-star. Kind of came back down to earth. Now they're just kind of middle of the pack, playing, might not make playing, might playing. So, with Utah, I don't I don't necessarily know if they're tanking or if they're competing. Westbrook isn't going to play a single game with Utah, like no. I was to assume. He's not going to play a single game with them. Juan Toscano Anderson doesn't bring anything to Utah. Damian Jones doesn't bring much of anything to Utah either. So I feel like Utah's just in a state of flux. Like we started off great, do we tank now? Yeah. So, so, for them, for, for Utah, I'll probably give them a B, just 'cause they don't really have a, they don't really know. They they're only going as far as Lloyd marketing can take. Yeah. And marketing can only
0: do so much. Lakers A, Timberwolves C, Jazz D. All right. So for the Lakers, I agree. I'm gonna give them an A, not an A minus, not an A plus, just a solid A. Um, to get off of. Three guys in Russell Westbrook, Juan Descano Anderson, Damian Jones. Damian Jones was not playing. Juan Descano Anderson was barely playing. And Russell Westbrook, regardless of how well he's been playing, just chemistry wise, you get back a phenomenal defender in Jared Vanderbilt who can play with AD, who can play for AD, who can, you know, play a small ball five, who can play a four. He can't, he probably shouldn't play three, but in some lineups he can, and he can guard the one through five. He's I believe twenty three years old. Malik Beasley. He's just a microwave scorer. You know, I mean, there's how many games do you see where you just check the box score? And he's got three or four or five threes. You know, he's just that instant spark plug that the Lakers need. And then for D'Angelo Russell, coming back home, as you said, he's more mature. D'Angelo Russell since December first has been playing great basketball. He's
1: yeah, a yeah. great
0: he's a great shooter. He's a twenty point per game guy. He's a decent playmaker but you don't really need him to be the primary point guard when you have lebron james you know yeah. so i give this an a they turned basically russell westbrook because Juan scano anderson damian jones as we said weren't really playing they turned yeah. russell westbrook in a first round pick into three quality quality, quality. rotation yeah. guys yeah. where d'angelo russell is the oldest in that move and he's like 26 27 so right. I give them I give them an A. Timberwolves I'm giving a C minus. Mike Conley Jr. I do think that he's not obviously not as talented. I don't I think you know even if you look back in his Memphis years and stuff. Mike Conley Jr. is 35 years old. He's not the, the talent that D'Angelo Russell is, but this may be another move to show that they're giving more and more of the keys of the offense to anthony edwards where anthony edwards can now be more of that primary ball handler and mike conley jr is more of a playmaker than d'angelo russell so he's feeding and stuff and mike conley jr has chemistry and a past with rudy gobert so we may see some more pick and roll options with mike conley jr and rudy gobert regardless of how i feel nicole alexander walker that's just a throw in yeah. I, if he, if he doesn't do anything in Minnesota, it's kind of done for him. This is his third or fourth team. He was with the Pelicans, and he went to Utah and stuff. It's kind of it for him. But, you know, take a flyer on a 22, 23-year-old guy, and then three second-round picks, they're just getting picks back and stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm giving him a C-minus. Just Conley Jr., he's there for the rest of this year and maybe next year, but he's already taken a step back. He's probably if he's there next year, he's probably going to take a step back. And this is just to appeal to Anthony Edwards of saying, hey, look, you get you and Carl Anthony Towns now get 12, 15 more shots split between the two of you and stuff. And for the Jazz, I understand your reasoning for a D. I'm going to give this a C plus B minus for the Jazz. Look, the Jazz were kind of at the beginning of the season, kind of where where Brooklyn is now, where they they don't have a star. I mean. Laurie Markkinen has become an all-star, but let's imagine that Mikkel Bridges was in Laurie Markkinen's role the whole season. He probably would have been in, been an all-star. They had middle of the pack guys. They had guys that they they you know a lot of teams wanted. You know Jared Vanderbilt, teams wanted Malik Beasley, teams wanted Jordan Clarkson is still on the team, but teams wanted Kelly Olynyk is still on the team, but teams wanted and stuff. And they got rid of three guys. It clears up room for young guys. You know. With Vanderbilt gone, that clears up more minutes for Walker Kessler, who has been phenomenal. Um, who you know is playing great, it clears up more minutes for Oche JB, it clears up more minutes, and they get another first round pick. They now have Mars, the Utah Jazz now have 15 first round picks between now and 2029, yep. and a lot of those are. It's from the Timberwolves and one from the Lakers. Who's to say what the Timberwolves and Lakers look like in 2027? Right. Like, like those could be good picks. So it they're definitely because of that, you know, how talented Jared Vanderbilt is, how talented Malik Beasley is, and just what Mike Conley is, Mike Conley's Mike Conley. Um they're definitely gonna fall off, but they still, it's a retool, and then they're buying out Westbrook. So I'm giving them a C plus B minus. So now moving on to our next trade, the Toronto Raptors got Jakob Poitel, and the Spurs got Ken Birch, who's it seems, according to everybody, is going to be bought out. A 2024 first round pick and two second round picks. I give Toronto a C. And I give the Spurs. I give the Spurs a C plus. You know, they're buying out Ken Birch. They get a first round pick. For next year, it's even more so. We're we're tanking. We're going to try to go get Wembenyama. The main reason I give Toronto a C is Toronto needed a center. Yes. Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes were taking turns at center. They needed a true center. But to the only move that Toronto makes is to get Jakuboydil. They don't have Fred VanVleet is still on the team. Gary Trent Jr. Is still on the team. OG is still on the team. You know all these guys are still on the team that now you just said, okay, now we have an actual center. One of our five starters probably gonna, seems like it's going to be uh, Gary Trent Jr. is going to the bench. So now we just get a guy that can get, you know, 10 points and 10 boards, something like that. I just don't really understand it for Toronto. I get that Jaco Poitel, you know, but it's kind of only just helping Toronto in terms of fit. I just don't understand it. And like I said, for the Spurs, it's just getting off a contract, getting off a player. They're going to be a worse team just on paper and also player wise as Ken Birch is not going to be playing and they get closer to the one maniama sweepstakes. What do you grade this trade? So for the
1: Spurs, I, I, I agree. I'll give them a C. You know, they're tanking. They're, they're calling in. This season's over for them. Whereas with Toronto, I give them a B and the reason I get Toronto a B is because on paper, this is a playoff team. The Raptors are a playoff team, in my opinion. They started off the season really, really rocky. Don't really know what was kind of going on with them. And a lot of those players that you mentioned, Gary Trent, I don't know, we even Siakam and Van Vliet, all came up in trade rumors. None of yep. those guys got traded. With Kevin Durant leaving the East, a lot of teams, including the Hawks, who were looking to trade John Collins, a lot of Eastern teams thought like they have a better shot now with Kevin Durant being gone. I'm here to tell you that you don't because you still got Tatum. You still got Giannis in that same conference as well. But for the Raptors to keep that core together and you get back a center who's familiar with the organization, who's played there before, I think the Raptors are going to have a way better second half of the season. I think the Raptors are going to end up in the playoffs, hopefully. I don't want to look bad, but if if they don't, they don't. But I think they will. They'll have a better second half. And just keeping that core together – getting a true center and just yeah just keeping that core together i think was a great thing for them to, to just st- keep that foundation and to just try to play out of whatever it is that's maybe not having a center was the reason why they weren't playing up to their full potential because i feel like on paper this is a playoff team siakam yep. is an nba champion siakam is great siakam knows what it takes to you know to be great to to build a good team to To make people around him better, he knows what it takes to do that. Ananobi is a great three, again three and D wing. Gary Trent Jr. sniper can score from anywhere. Van Vliet, NBA champion shoot the lights out. This is a team that I feel like can still make the playoffs. And now that they have a true center, Siakam doesn't have to spend his time down low as much. He can go back to bringing the ball up the court, being effective in that role that he's Mm -hmm. his traditional role. I think. I think now with all, hopefully with all of the dysfunction that might have been there, I think the Raptors are going to turn over a new leaf in the second half of the season. So yeah, I'm going to give them
0: a B. All right. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. And I, I still do, as you said, Brooklyn being Brooklyn in terms of just getting rid of their two best players, I do think the East has opened up a little bit and I would not be surprised if Toronto wins a first round series unless it's Boston and Milwaukee. I, they're not winning that. I, I could be convinced that Toronto can beat Philly. I can be convinced that they just say, listen, Embiid's going to average 40 and 20, but we're going to win the series. I can be convinced of that. So I definitely understand where you're coming from. Here is a trade. Um, just we're talking about every trade. I'm not even going to bother grading this trade. The Atlanta Hawks got Garrison Matthews and Bruno Fernando and the Houston Rockets got Justin Holiday and Frank Kaminsky. I, I don't really think that that requires a trade i, I don't just, i think holiday is the only one that plays its salary it just yeah. add for the hawks it adds a shooter and a guy they're familiar with fernando rockets is just selling
1: yeah the rockets they're terrible and they have a lot of young talent porter green jabari smith but that team they just don't have an identity they don't have a culture i think they lack a veteran presence a few veterans that could try to that could Probably helped him, turn him in the right direction. Eric Gordon should have been out there years ago. Happy that he's actually finally out of there now. Because Eric Gordon didn't deserve to be down there with all them young guys. He, like, this is somebody that should be on a contender. He is on a contender now. We'll get to that later.
0: But, yeah, this that was just salary. Just salary. Yep. And as you said, Eric Gordon. We're going to move on to our next trade. The Houston Rockets got Danny Green and John Wall going back to basketball hell. As John Wall said, the Los Angeles Clippers got Eric Gordon and three second-round picks, and the Memphis Grizzlies got Luke Kennard. Mars, what do you think that this means, at least for the Clippers and Grizzlies? As we know, the Rockets are—they just finally got off Gordon, and they're buying out John Wall and Danny Green. So for the Rockets, I think that it's not—it's a, a not applicable for a grade. I think it's just an NA, no grade, incomplete class stuff We're like just that. Helping the it, other teams. Yeah, you're just, true. Yeah. you're just, you're just finally getting rid of Gordon. You know, he wanted out of there. He needed out of there and John Wall and Danny Green, they're getting bought out. So what would you talk, talk about, talk to me about what this means for the Clippers and the Grizzlies and the Grades? I think with the Clippers, they get, a,
1: I get a Clippers of B plus. You bring back a guy that you drafted years ago, guy that can score, that can shoot the lights out and the Clippers needed that. When you look at, the comparison between Luke Kinnar and Eric Gordon, this night and day. Luke is very inconsistent. He might have a two, three-game stretch where he looks great. Five games, you can't get nothing out of him. Yep. With Eric Gordon, you can get a lot out of Eric Gordon, even if he's not shooting the ball well. He's playoff still a great too. defender. Playoff proven, been in a lot of tough playoff series with the Rockets, been in a lot of play, tough playoff environments with the Clippers. Like, he he's a thing with the Clippers. on a matter of fact, I don't— Pelicans, too. I don't, Pelican, Pelicans, too, yep. Pelicans too, and it's just it's just a great fit for them because they're bolstering up a, a guard that they got their guards where they lack depth in a little bit. John Wall didn't work out with them, um, as you know. They traded Reggie Jackson as well, so they needed to bolster their guard depth. And doing that, bringing in Eric Gordon that works great for them. Now for Memphis, getting Luke Kennard, Danny, getting Danny Green. Danny Green was. Out, recover from an ACL tear, so you go younger with that bench piece. I, I guess I see the logic in it. I honestly probably would have kept Danny Green just to have that veteran presence off the bench. I've yeah. won multiple championships. I've been in multiple playoff series. Timely threes, good defense. You can't really expect good defense out of Luke Kennard, but I, I get it. The younger presence, the, the shooting. So I guess I understand where Memphis was going, but I probably would have kept Andy grand. So what would you grade it for Memphis?
0: Oh, so for Memphis, I'll give them a C. Yeah. So as I said, Rockets, I'm, not, I'm just not giving a grade. Um, Clippers, I'm going to give a B, B plus. Um, as we said, Eric Gordon is a sniper. He's more consistent. He's veteran. He's playoff proven and he just seems that he, You'd plug him into Cunard's minutes, and you might get more production. Um, so I give them that. For the Grizzlies, I have two things to say about what Grizzlies getting Luke Kennard is. They saw all the West making moves, and they saw that John Morant said, you know, the West is sweet. We're fine in the West. And they saw all the moves that the West made. And they said, well, we we just need one more rotation guy. You know what? We think that we have our guys. John Moran is a top 10 player. Desmond Bain has taken a leap. Jaron Jackson Jr. Seems like he's probably going to be the defensive player of the year and all that. Luke Kennard is two things. One, he adds shooting and adds a rotation piece. And two, Luke Kennard is Dylan Brooks insurance. Where if Dylan Brooks does the bullshit he does on the court and he's suspended or he's fined or all that, you can play Luke Kennard at that three and Get almost similar production and smarter shots than Dylan Brooks. Not quite as good of a defender, not quite the athlete, but just a smarter basketball player in terms of his shot selection. He is a better shooter, in my opinion, than Dylan Brooks. More consistent, and it just adds a rotation piece to Memphis. So I'm just going to give it a C plus. So moving on to our next trade, these two trades are kind of just really quick. Um I think that it's an obvious grade for the one team in these two trades and another, you know, just whatever trade for the grade for the other. Um the Celtics got Mike Muscala and the Oklahoma City Thunder get Justin Jackson two second round picks for the Thunder. I'm just giving this, you know, a not graded they just got off Muscala, got off a veteran. They get pit two picks back. Justin Jackson is you know NBA champ. He was on the Bucks, didn't play, and all that. But they get rid of Muscala. They free up time for the two Jalen Williams and J Will and J Dub. That's how they're deferring them. And the Celtics just add a six ten guy that can shoot. You know, if Robert Williams the third has been injured, has been dealing with injuries. Al Horford has been in and out of the lineup here and there, but they had a guy that can shoot, they had a guy that can get them 5 to 15 minutes, you know, make a 3 or 2, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, uh I, I agree. Um think think what a lot of it is uh like you said just just making room free enough salary uh for the Celtics. They started this season with the anticipation of having Gallinari, but Gallinari of course uh, tore his knee playing overseas. So with that they lose a big that can stretch the floor further. Now you know the Celts have a couple of bigs that can stretch the floor for them: I mean, Grant Williams, at Horford. So Mike Muscala is definitely going to see minutes. I feel like because he can stretch the floor, you he can shoot the three, opens up, he can, can keeps the court open up for Tatum and Brown to operate. So I think you know good move for them not only off you know getting off a player that wasn't playing, but adding a player that they can throw out there. For rotational minutes, if Sam Hauser can't go, or yeah. like you said, Coreford can't go. So a good move by itself. That probably give it a C,
0: C plus. Yeah, I, I agree. I, it's definitely a Luke Cornette upgrade. Yeah. They can play him in those Luke Corn- Cornette minutes. Um, moving on to the n- next trade where, like I said, I think that it's an obvious grade for one and then maybe not even a grade for the other. The Denver Nuggets got Thomas Bryant. The Lakers got Devon Reed and two second round or three second round pitch. Excuse me. Um, I'm giving this a, Solid B minus for the Nuggets. The biggest thing that the Nuggets were having trouble with was a backup big. They get it in Thomas Bryant. Maybe not a defensive backup big that they need. Um, as long as DeAndre Jordan doesn't step on the floor, it's fine. But Thomas Bryant, he's a good offensive set backup center. It was funny because he wanted to leave the Lakers because he wanted a bigger role. And then he goes behind the best. He goes to be a backup to the two time MVP best center in the league. But it seems like he's going to get his minutes. He's going to be a good quality bench piece for them. Get you those, you know, nine, ten points, four or five rebounds. And you can go out there um and let Jokic rest a little. What would you grade this? For the Nuggets,
1: definitely a B. They uh, definitely needed a backup. They get that with Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant actually, was actually having a great year in L.A. Um, with A.D. being out, A.D. comes back, loses his minutes. So I understand why he asked to be traded. Of course, you know he's going to be sitting behind Jokic, but and of course with the Lakers, he outplayed his contract. Lakers weren't going to be able to resign him this off season anyway. Go to Denver, potentially win championship, compete for a championship maybe, and just be able to provide. uh He'll probably get way more minutes than DeAndre Jordan got just based off he can do way more things that DJ can, couldn't do and just can't do. Yeah. Like we're like DJ is just one of those old school bigs, rebound, dunk, block, and yeah. he was. And he can't even do that. Taking a step back. Can't even do that anymore at a high level. So great trade for Denver. They get younger, but they still get a big that is serviceable, that can do a lot, play heavy minutes for Jokic if he needs to rest. Jokic doesn't have to feel like he has to do so much because there isn't a quality backup big. So, yeah, i I give it a B for the uh, the Nuggets.
0: Yeah, and because of who Jokic is as a center being – probably the best passer in the league averaging basically a triple double. They even can play Thomas Bryant if they need at the 4 with Jokic because of, you know, the positional fit that it is it's with basic. with Jokic and stuff. Yep. Um I mean, LeBron saw Thomas Bryant calling for the ball when he was about to break the record and said get the hell out of here. Um so moving on to our next trade uh involving my Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks get Jay Crowder the Nets got your Nets got five second round picks, which seems like you know five second round picks for the new first round pick. And the Indiana Pacers got George Hill, Jordan Nwora, Serge Ibaka, and two second round picks. So I'm gonna grade this really quick just because I am the Bucks fan. I'm giving this a solid B for the Bucks. Jay Crowder has not played all season. This grade can go up higher once I see Jay Crowder play in his first game, but in theory this is our PJ Tucker acquisition and he's going to have more than zero to five points a night. He may not be quite the defender that PJ Tucker is, but I mean, PJ Tucker, you know, it was great and everything. He won a championship with us, but the big, the two biggest things that this provides is defense playoff. Well, three things playoff proven playoff veteran and a dog mentality. Like jay crowder and bobby portis as a bench front court good luck like you're you're not scoring you're getting out rebounded and you're gonna leave with bruises and needing ice baths and stuff so i'm giving this a b for the for the bucks and also with this getting off of george hill who is the only guy really playing minutes and getting off jordan Nwora, young guy i still think that he has a spot in this league but just really wasn't exactly what Milwaukee needed. And Serge Ibaka, who just wasn't even playing, it doesn't matter that we're giving up second round picks. It's second round picks. I mean, I get it. Like, why are you giving up five second round picks? But you realize that those are close to the last pick in the draft when it's a team like Milwaukee um, mm-hmm. is because that now we don't have to rely on Grayson Allen as much. We still keep Grayson Allen because he is a good shooter. He is having a pretty good season and stuff, but now, we can plug Grayson out and put Jay in and run a Drew, Jay, Chris, Giannis, Brook, Brook lineup, or Middleton is the worst defender in that it George Hill leaving clears up more minutes for Javon Carter, who is having a phenomenal career year. I like this a lot. So I'm giving it a B Nets. I'm just giving it a C plus to get off of someone that you got for the KD trade and to get five second round picks back. Pretty simple. It's not a player. And then for the Pacers, just to be involved for the money and just to kind of, you know, for the Pacers to say, look, George Hill's coming back home, veteran guy, Serge Ibaka, seems like he's going to be bought out. And then Jordan Nwora. hey, you're 22, 23-year-old, 6'9". In theory, you can become a 3-and-D wing and we get two second round picks, but we're just going to go ahead and start our rebuild, but might as well get something back. I'm going to give it a C for the Pacers.
1: Yeah, for, for me, for the Bucks, give it a B, because when you look at that championship team, having PJ Tucker in that role, giving the Bucks team at the edge that they needed, that's exactly what Jay Crowder's going to do. When you look at the Bucks, arguably the best team in the league right now, they're right back where they were during that championship year, slowly working Chris Milton back into the lineup. You're going to need a player like Jay Crowder when the playoffs arrive, because, you know, Jay Crowder has a bunch of playoff experience,
0: played the
1: finals, two finals appearances. So he's going to, play the exact same role that PJ Tucker played. And he's a few years younger than PJ Tucker, which is also plus. And so for the Bucks, way better offense. Way better offense. Like you you the bucks are right back in prime position to make another run out of title. And for the Pacers, the Pacers they're continuously going going younger. Uh you bring in Jordan Orr, who you just add him to it, the rest of your rotational young guys and Benedict Lather, Aaron Emhardt, uh Chris Dorte if he is still finds himself in the rotation. Bach is probably gonna get bought out. So for the Pacers, I'll give them a C Bucks B. And then for the yeah. Nets, they're they were just getting off a player that they didn't need. Like we already had a bunch of three and D wings coming. Jay Crowder didn't need. Bucks wanted Jay Crowder for the whole season. they were at, for the whole season they
0: were asking for. Him. So helping out the Bucks there. So yeah, Bucks B, Pacers C. Yeah, I mean the Bucks they got their guy, and that's all the only move they made. I mean, the fact is, they didn't really need to make other moves. It would have been, like, I saw, like, some Grayson Allen for Jordan Clarkson. Trades being thrown around, but I put it this way. The Bucs are one game behind the Celtics for the best, not only the best team in the East, but the best record in the league. Drew Holiday has missed 17 games. Chris Middleton has missed 39 games, and you are only one game away from the best record in the league. Giannis is having a career year. Wow. He's already a two time MVP. He's having a career year. Bias aside, no bias. Shout out the podcast. I think that Giannis is the MVP. He's, he's third good. in scoring. He's second in re- now. I believe he's first in rebounding. I think he might have just passed DeMontis Sabonis, but either way, he's one or two. They're tenant. They're on a 10 and no stretch. It seems like with the addition of Jay Crowder and Middleton coming back, that they could finish with the best record in the league. And as you said, just it's also, such prime, it, and the east is, the east is easier. And also
1: with trading more, it shows that they're fully committed to the growth and the development of Marjan Bochamp. Yep, who can find himself playing some huge minutes on the playoffs, is because Marjan Bochamp is for his age and for his length, he's he's a pretty damn good defender right now. Yeah, and I think alongside Javon Carter, Jake Crowder, like the Bucks. They look great. And then of course, if the buyout market happens to try in their favor and a player wants to sign with Milwaukee, they can pull the player. We don't know who, you know, but
0: hey, like the Bucks go right in prime position to compete for an upside. Yep. And I mean, to me, the Bucks have 11 guys that can, that can play in the playoffs, 12 if you count Marjan, but like Giannis, Brooke, Chris, Drew, Bobby, Pat, Wes, Grayson, Javon, Jay, and Joe Ingles. Yeah. That might be the best oh, one I through 11 in the league. Joe yeah, like that's yeah, what I mean. Joe like, Ingles played with Jay Crowder in Utah. They have chemistry. Yeah. Like we already know what the starting five is going to be when eventually, um, Pat Connaughton goes back to the bench and Chris Middleton is back inserted. But that 10, that bench unit of you can throw out Javon, Wes, Ingles, Pat, Jay and Bobby, like that is an insane rotation. The fact that when it comes down to if the Bucks make the finals, it seems like sure. three or two or three of those guys aren't going to be playing and it's just to me that's that's absurd. I'm just happy as a Bucks fan, beyond blessed. Um moving on to <laughs> our next trade involving another championship contending team. The Los Angeles 2 in theory, the Los Angeles Clippers received. The Sean Bones Highland and the Dead Nuggets received two second round picks. I'm going to grade this really quick. I love Bones. I've seen Bones play live in college. I'm from Virginia, live in Virginia. He went to VCU. I saw Rashad Phillips, shout out Yoda, tweet about him. I knew that VCU was going to be playing against UVA. Went and watch. Great, great player. To me, it just seems like it's addition by subtraction. They lose on a quality bench guy. Super young in his second season that is a microwave score, but just seem, I mean, from what all we've, we've read, he didn't like that he was benched by Michael Malone. He flew separate to their next road, road game on co- a commercial flight and everything. It just, it just seems like the Nuggets were just like, all right, whoever wants them, just give us whatever. I am surprised that it's the Clippers because now the Clippers are improved and that's a team that the Nuggets could possibly face. So for the Nuggets. I'm giving it a C. They lose on a young, quality guy, but as I said, addition by subtraction. And for the Clippers, I'm giving this a B plus, A minus. I think that Bones and Terrence Mann can form a very interesting starting backcourt. I think that they are very, very they complement each other very well, Bones being more of a scorer, Mann being more of a defender playmaker. I like this a lot. Mars, what do you think about this? Well, for the Clippers, I'm able to be –
1: And the reason I'm giving it a B is because there was a lot of rumors circulating about them potentially either bringing in Kyle Lowry or bringing in Van Vliet. But when you talk about bringing in Kyle Lowry or Van Vliet, Clippers have to give up quite a lot for those. Now they needed a point guard. John Wall didn't work out. Of course, they traded Reggie Jackson. And with Bones, you get a young, proven scorer who's hungry. And now, and when you look at the situation in Denver. Bones was going to outplay his role because he's just that good off the bench. Yep. eventually going to get an opportunity to start. He just wasn't going to be in Denver because of Jamal Murray. With that being said, he goes to the Clippers and young guy, hungry, playing with Kawhi and PG. Sky's On the a team form. that
0: needs a backcourt.
1: On a team that needs a backcourt, that needed a guard to start, that could, that could play a certain amount of minutes. So I really like the trade for the Clippers and for the Nuggets. I would have given the Nuggets like a C. But if I can break some news that if I could break some news that's okay, Reggie yes. Jackson just signed with the Nuggets. Oh wow. So
0: basically so basically that, almost a trade. Basically almost a trade. Yeah.
1: You um basically a sign and trade, if you will. So with that, you get a backup point guard at Reggie Jackson, who isn't gonna care about not starting him because he's been a backup before. He's a vet. Come off the bench, do the same exact things that Bones can do and not worry about his minutes so for
0: for both the clippers and the nuggets i'm going to give it a b yeah no i wow breaking news on the podcast first time breaking news has ever happened on the podcast but yeah i'm bumping this up for the nuggets to now a b because now they they just got reggie jackson who as you said can provide basically what bones highland did but without the attitude um so wow that's yeah i like this i like this for both i mean it's basically a trade without being a trade um, but moving on to our next trade, um, which one was just very, very surprising to me. Just didn't really see it coming. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers received Matisse Thibule. The Philadelphia 76ers received Jalen McDaniels from the Hornets, not to be confused with his brother Jaden on the Timberwolves and two second round picks. And the Hornets received C. McAliak, who got, went to the Trailblazers in the Cam Reddish trade and didn't flip to the Hornets. Uh, for two second round picks. What do you think about this one, Mars? I think for Portland, I'm gonna give it a, I'm gonna give it a B
1: plus, gives them an extra defender. Um, Thibault isn't really known for his shooting, but occasionally he can hit a three from the corner. Um, with Philly, I was a little surprised. I know they were trying to move Thiebul for a while. I thought Thiebul could have possibly stay, but I guess that frees up more minutes for Maxi. Uh, you get McDaniels who uh, McDaniels is a great, great big versatile. Um, But I really like, I really like to trade for uh, Portland though. I really like to trade for Portland. You want to try to maximize as much as you can with that team because Portland is trying to make it work. They try so many things. They're trying to make it work. They're trying to make a run at a title. Um, Trying to get back to the conference finals. So I really like to trade for Portland. For Portland, I'll give it a B. Um, for Philly, I'm going to give it a C just because I thought that – I honestly thought they could have kept Thibault. I thought Thibault was a great rotational piece for them. I know he wasn't the greatest shooter, but his defense is very valuable.
0: Yeah, and what would you give it for the Hornets?
1: Oh, the Hornets. Sorry, uh, for the Hornets. Um, I can't I, – with the Hornets, they have so many young players, and I thought at one point in time they had a direction that they wanted to go. But I feel like the Hornets just don't have – like, they're like the Rockies. They don't really have an identity. So, for the Hornets, I'll probably give them the C-. Yeah.
0: No, for for the Hornets, just as a quick one, I think this McDaniels one just frees up a lot of time for some of their younger guys, like the JT Thors, the Mark Williams, the – you know, they still have Oubre and and stuff. They still have Ty Jones? Yes. Yes, they do. Um, The 76ers – so for the Hornets, I'd probably give it a C minus, get off of McDaniels. I get that they're opening up time, but McDaniels was still young enough. He's only in his fourth year that they still could have kept. I think, you know, if it was more of an oobrey and stuff, you know, a, a older guy that they could have gotten maybe a little more out of, but it seems like they're just kind of like sticking with what they have and trying to move off those guys in the offseason. The 76ers getting off Thieble. Thieble is half is half of a complete player. He's basically almost as. A zero on, um, offense and a phenomenal defender, all, former all defense selection. And they already really have that in PJ Tucker. So they can't play Thibault and Tucker together because then you're basically playing three on five on offense versus McDaniels can play with PJ Tucker. McDaniels is about, McDaniels is about 65% of the defender Thibault is, but light years better offense. And that's the thing though, like I said, you can't play Fiebel and Tucker together. You can play McDaniels and Tucker together. So I'm giving that a B minus for Philly. And for Portland, I'm going to give it a B plus. If there is any team with offensive prowess that Fiebel could thrive on, I think it's Portland. You, you say, look, you do not even have to score. We got that. We got 55 combined points from Lillard and Anthony Simons nightly. And that's not even factoring in what Jeremy Grant can do. And now this getting off Josh Hart and stuff, I kind of really like this three man possibility rotation of that small forward spot between Reddish, Thiebel and Shaden Sharp. Thiebel, we know is a great defender, not that good of a, of a score, but you don't need that when you have Lillard, Simons and Grant. Reddish is still a young wing. He's phenomenal. He was great coming out of high school. Like you said, maybe not should have gone to Duke. And stuff was used as a spot up shooter. Still young. You know, why not take a chance the same way that Portland kind of took that chance on Justice Winslow and stuff? And then Shade and Sharp. Now there is no excuse to not be playing him fifteen to twenty minutes a night. So I really liked it. So I'm giving this a b plus for Portland. Um now moving on to another wing trade. The Phoenix Suns making another move. Got Darius Baisley from the Thunder. Um in or for Dario Saric and a second round pick for Phoenix. I'm just going to give it a solid B. They get a great three and D wing. They now kind of, they're kind of replacing. If you don't factor in KD, they're kind of replacing Jay Crowder, who wasn't even playing, but just in theory, Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges for Basley and, um, TJ Warren. Basley obviously was starting to get out of the rotation for OKC with the emergence of the two Jalen Williams, and that's not even factoring Luke Dort, Alexei uh Pokushevsky who's having a good year, and the addition that they're gonna have in the off season of a draft pick and Chet Holmgren. So I'm giving it a B for the Suns and for the Thunder just to get off Baisley and free up more playing time for the uh both Jalen Williams. I'm giving it a B. Yeah,
1: I agree. Um Phoenix Moving on from Sarge, going younger at that position, Darius Baisley, showing flashes of greatness of what he can be if he fits into a nice 3D row off the bench. And of course, you know, Sons need the depth. So you, with Baisley, you get more out of him than you would out of Sarge, especially coming down with like the playoffs coming up very quickly. So yeah, I'm going to give, give it, a, give it, give the Sons a B for the Thunder. Like you said, just getting off Baisley, freeing up minutes for the other, for the other guys and looking to next year when Chet Holmgren can finally play.
0: Yep. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, um, there's basically the biggest thing over Sarge is definitely more athletic, better defender. And that's what Phoenix needs off their bench. Um, moving on to another trade. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers receive 2018's best song, Mo Bamba and the Orlando Magic receive Patrick Beverly and a second round pick right after Patrick Beverly said the gang's back. That's. That's tough Um, for the Lakers, for the Lakers. I'm giving it and I'm going to have to give it a B plus to get off Pat Bev, a 35 year old, and to get a 24 year old Mo Mo Bamba, who wasn't really playing his, you know, with the emergence of Franz Wagner, Paolo Bencaro, Wendell Carter, Jr. Bull, Bowl, Jonathan Isaac's return and stuff. Mo Bamba's role kind of diminished and it seemed like he just can move on. Obama can start next to AD or he can be the backup big he can play with AD as he can stretch the floor and block shots he's only 24 years old and the, the Lakers are only losing a 35 year old Patrick Beverly in a second round pick and as we probably can expect Orlando's buying out Patrick Beverly so I really for Orlando I'm giving it a C they just get rid of C B I don't Either one, I can be convinced because now they're you know freeing up t- more time for the Bull Bulls. Jonathan Isaac's off the bench, and for the Lakers, they're getting a another young quality rotation piece.
1: So what yeah, I agree. I give the Lakers a B. Um, after trading Thomas Bryant, they had to replace that backup big, and with Mo Bamba, you get that. Um, Mo Bamba, of course, showed great signs in Orlando, but. Just playing behind Vooch, who was still there at the time. And then once they finally moved on from Vooch, they brought in other bigs who they drafted. Bamba just couldn't crack the rotation like that anymore because those bigs were giving way more quality minutes, play better. So for them, he gets a chance to shine in L.A., which, you know, L.A. is known for having Orlando Bigs shine and do great things with them. Not saying that the same is going to happen for Bamba, but... Like I said, he can play alongside AD. He can come off the bench. He can stretch the floor. He can block shots. 24 high motor can still get
0: better. So, yeah, I give the Lakers a B. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, Bo Bamba, now they can play it in the locker room. Um, they yep. love my snitch. Um, <laughs> moving on to the next, uh, we have three more trades. We're going to save one of them for last. Um, it, so the next trade, the Pelicans receive Josh Richardson, the Spurs. Received Devontae Graham in four second-round picks. I'm giving this a C for both. Um Josh Richardson, in theory, just adds to that th- the plethora of 3-and-D wings, but a veteran one that the Pelicans already have within Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, so on and so forth. Josh Richardson can kind of play that 2-and-3 hi- hybrid guard forward. And the get-off of Devontae Graham, which... They don't really need anymore because of Jose Alvarado's emergence and the Spurs again, just getting off of an old guy. They get something in return in Devontae Graham. They don't really, they didn't probably really care what player they're getting back. They're just getting off of a veteran. They're looking to Weminyama and saying, can we, can we get that guy? So I'm giving us a C, C for both. I agree. See for both
1: Spurs, they're trying to just give rid all the best they possibly can because they're going really on fully young tank. Wembyama sweepstakes, that's their goal. For the Pelicans, you you bring in a veteran, like you said, veteran three and D three and D presence played in a couple of playoff series. Knows his role quite well. Knows what the Pelicans are going to try to do. Trying to do so it works for both. Um, Spurs get off a quality player that the Pelicans can definitely use. Especially trying to make it to the playoffs, have a deep push. When Zion comes back, get Zion, Ingram, McCollum back in the lineup together. A great player off the
0: bench that can provide exceptional minutes, play his role. So it was just both teams helping each other out. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And as you said, I really do think, I really am actually happy that the Pelicans didn't try to swing for anything big um, with KD because it would have had to give up Ingram, you know, regardless of how you feel about KD and stuff. Ingram's seven years younger. They try to swing for OJ and OB, who they basically, you know, is basically Herb Jones and Trey Murphy esque and stuff. At the end of the day, they're just saying, "Listen, we haven't really seen Ingram, Zion, and McCollum together. We've got great young guys in Alvarado, Herb Jones, and Murphy, and we've got good solid veterans in Larry Nance Jr. and Jonas Valanciunas, and they just add to that with Josh Richardson. So I really like that the Pelicans did that. Moving on to our second to last trade. The Los Angeles Clippers receive Mason Plumley, and the Hornets receive Reggie Jackson, who, as we know, just was bought out and signed with the Denver Nuggets. So basically, just we're not going to grade this for the Hornets. What would you grade this for the Clippers? Getting Mason Plumley, a guy that can either start over Ivica Zubac or back up Ivica Zubac, and now they just, regardless, they have two bigs now.
1: I give it a B for the Clippers because Mason Plumley has been playing out of his fucking mind this season. Like, just seeing his stat line, seeing what in some of the games that he's been playing, he's more valuable than Ben Simmons. And which if you told me three years ago that in 2023 Mason Plumlee would be more valuable than Ben Simmons, I probably would have slapped you in the face. Yeah, I got to slap myself in the face because Mason Plumley is more valuable than Ben Simmons. So, yeah, I give it a B. He's a great quality backup B. But he can start on some nights for Zubats. Zubats and Plumlee are essentially the same players. You're going to yeah. get the same things from them. You're going to get the same play style. It's just a security blanket if Zuboff can't go one night or if he's going to miss like a week or two with a hamstring injury. You yep. plug in Mason
0: plumly no one drops off. Same production is there. So I give the Clippers a B. Yeah, I'm going to give it a, a B for the Clippers as well. They're both post scores. Um Zubach is a better rebounder, whereas Plumlee is a better playmaker. But the thing is, Zubach isn't that bad of a playmaker, and Plumlee can get you 8 to 10 boards and stuff. Um, And as as we both said, Plumlee as a backup big, is an upgrade over kind of what Isaiah Hartenstein did for the Clippers last year, um, just in terms of who he is as a player. Or you can put Zubach to the bench and just have a great guy in Plumlee that can play. Um, so I'm giving this a B and now we're going to move on to our last trade only because we still don't know whether or not it's going to happen. It's a four team trade. The Warriors receiving getting back Gary Payne the second. The Pistons receiving James Wiseman. The Hawks receiving Sadiq Bey and the Trailblazers receiving Kevin Knox in five second round picks. So just for those that don't know, this was a four team, a three team trade that ended up turning into a four team trade. Apparently, Gary Payton, the second, is failing his physical. Apparently, he was playing through injuries, so on and so forth. His agent saying that he didn't get any of these toward all shots, which is a painkiller. He's saying that he's okay. It's just whatever. But he's expected to miss a lot of the regular season. So this trade is still, we're going to just say, not applicable for any grade, but we're just going to talk about if this trade does go through, what does this mean for each team? So no grades, just what do you think if this trade goes through happens for each team? Like, what does it mean? How do you like it? So on and so forth. I think the NBA gave the Warriors a
1: deadline. I think the dead. I don't know if the deadline was for tonight or tomorrow night. I think it's tomorrow. A- I think I mean, it's tomorrow, tomorrow night. I gave them a deadline. I think nine Eastern time to either accept the trade or just, it all completely. This affects four different teams. Yeah, affects four different teams. Now looking at the trade and where players are going, I didn't really like uh, James Wiseman going to the Pistons because you have Jalen Duran. Yeah, Jalen Duran who just had a monster game last night. Thirty and seventeen at nineteen years old. OT win nineteen. He's a man child. And you have and you are trying to bring in Wiseman and Wiseman isn't going to play over Durant. No. Wiseman is still trying to watch and Wiseman is great. We've shown like he we've seen him show signs of how great he can be. He just can't stay healthy. That's a no yep. fault of his own. Just the name of the game. Now I don't really understand why the Pistons would want to acquire another young big when you have Durant when you unless and unless they. Plan to play them both together, which I don't really see that cannot that happen. making much of sense can happen. So, and then with the Hawks, I know the Hawks probably want this trade to go through because you're oh, the yeah. Hawks are getting a shooter and Sadiq Bay, who can, as we've seen, Sadiq Bay can give you 40. Yeah, yeah, no,
0: and then I, with the, then with the, the
1: Warriors, Warriors, Warriors Kevin Knox, too. Yeah, Kevin Knox, yeah, yeah, who,
0: yeah, like, yeah, they got five. The Warriors, round picks. Kevin Knox is whatever. They got five
1: cigarettes, Yes. Yeah. They were just the fourth team in just to help facilitate the other three getting green on it. Now, with the Warriors trying to bring back Gary Payton the second, it's a great trade for them. It's a good thing. He he won a championship with them, played a special defense with them when they needed it in the playoffs. Fortunately, he just couldn't pass his physical. Now, I if I was to assume I think the Warriors are going to go through with the trade. Yes, especially right. considering that so Steph, Steph is already out. For the next three four weeks, maybe Steph is going to miss the All Star game, all of that. So why not? And if Gary Payton is still going to miss a week or two, at once Detroit goes through, why not just accept that? Accept that fact. Gary Payton comes back when he's healthy. Steph Curry comes back. Gary Payton knows the team well. Yeah, knows, he knows his, his role, role. Knows the playbook. Won a championship all that. with him last year. So if I'm the Warriors, bring him back. Who cares? If anything, the Warriors can still make moves at the buyout market. If Danny Green is bought out, he could possibly be an option for them to add to their bench, yeah. to their depth, if they need it going forward towards the playoffs if they can get in. But yeah, I, I think they should go ahead and accept it. I think it'd be too much turmoil for teams involved to try to... Yeah, oh yeah, for all four. Back out. Motherfuckers have probably already sold their house and they and the team that they were playing with probably already yeah. bought a house. Wise and probably already got a house in Detroit. Now he like he bought this damn condo. You tell me I got, can't even live in the shit. So yeah, if I'm going to stay, I'm going to let this trade go through and we'll just, they'll just pick it up when everybody's helping.
0: Yeah. If, if I'm the worst, i to go through for a, you know that you're Gary, getting Gary Payne the second back, regardless of when he plays. He's familiar with the team. He likes the team. And if it doesn't go through, now you've got to have James Wiseman come back in that locker room after you guys just try yeah. to ship him to Detroit, who's one of the three worst teams in the league. Because Cade Cunningham isn't playing. They they're just gonna accept it. So I like it for the Warriors. They're getting a familiar guy in Gary Payne the second. It's I like that they didn't get rid of Kaminga and Moses Moody, who are still so young, still showing flashes. Kaminga is playing way better than he was last year. And even last year he played well. For the yeah, Pistons and, the, and for the Warriors, I had to cut you off.
1: For the Warriors, like those young guys, they play in that playoff series, they that playoff run, the championship run. So they have the experience. They're still here and they're still gonna get better in their rows. I wouldn't break that up. Now I know with wise and wise and in play. So trading wise, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Just exactly. him going to Detroit just doesn't. Unless you cut Bagley, which still wouldn't yeah. make sense
0: because you still can't play another bad number yeah. number two pick that's a big and stuff and with and yeah. with the with the Pistons, I I don't really know what they're trying to do. You first of all, you already have Marvin Bagley. Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Duran. Jalen Duran is 19 years old. Jalen Duran is the youngest player currently playing in the NBA, and he just had 30 points, 17 boards, and four and four blocks at 19. I'm I'm two and a half years older than Jalen Duran, and he just did that. He is a man child, and now you're bringing in Wiseman and. After you just paid uh signed Bagley to a three year thirty-seven million contract, while wow, you already have Isaiah Storr, who the only reason he's on the bench is because yeah, of how good Jalen Duran is. And the only player that you move off of is Sadiq Bey, who's a twenty three, twenty four year old, six nine scorer, who is a three and D wing. He can score fifteen points. He's not that great of a defender, but he doesn't need to be in Atlanta because of DeAndre Hunter. Sadiq Bay is going to be the the backup off the. Sadiq Bey is going Bay. to be what the Hawks hoped Cam Reddish was going yep. to be. Yep, yep. exactly, That's exactly. Yep. Because I, I, I mean, I'm glad we were here. I, we were here with that. Yep, we were here with I that. like I like it a lot for Atlanta. I think that this boosts Atlanta up a level. Um, yeah, because
1: this is a Hawks team that was just in the Eastern Conference Finals with the yep. same exact core that they have now. Yeah, you can it, say I they overachieved, but. With the same exact court that they had, you replaced Cameron, who wasn't getting a lot of plans on, but wasn't producing at the level that they thought he would. You replaced him with a player in Sadiq Bay, who... You already know what he out, is. Score. You know what yeah, he is. He dropped 50 take. last year. He dropped 50 yeah. last year. He has a 50-point game on his resume. So, yeah. the Hawks, you're but hoping. It, and as a Hawks fan, you're dying right now because you hope that the Warriors, you say, you know what? Let the trade go through. Yeah,
0: sure. Like, screw it. The screw only it, yeah.
1: team in the only team in this trade that is I'm not saying get a fuck, but it just doesn't make sense is Detroit. I don't know what they're doing in that front office, but all of your bigs are 19,
0: 21, 24. Like they're all young. Yeah. You can't play none of them together. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the thing too is you can't. Is it's not the fact of how young they are and how many they have. It's the fact that you can't play them together. Like that's why, like Isaiah Stord and Jalen Duran aren't even playing and both of them are better than James Wiseman currently is. Not talking about potential, but the fact is you can't even play beef stew and Jalen Duran together just shows. And now you're just going to have four, you know, bigs and stuff. And then with the Hawks, with the Hawks, as as you said, Sadiq Bey is going to be what Cam Reddish. Wanted to beat the Hawks. I really like this for the Hawks if it goes through. Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, who ended up not getting moved. Clint Capella. And then coming off the bench, you have Bogdan Bogdanovich and Sadiq Bey. That is a really good top seven in a now weaker Eastern Conference.
1: And Okongu, Okongu was a decent
0: back. And, and Onyeka Okongu and AJ Griffin, who had like that's a solid nine in what is now a weaker Eastern
1: Conference. The Hawks are going to be just like the Raptors; they're going to have a way better second season,
0: way better second oh, yeah. season. Oh yeah, and we get it together. So yeah, this trend going through, I really like it for the Hawks. I really do. Yeah, and for the Trailblazers, it, it's kind of whatever they get off Gary Payne the second they get five second round picks. And again, yeah, as I really. As I alluded to, this now there is no reason not to be playing shade and sharp a lot of minutes by getting rid of Gary Payne the second. Basically, the way that the Warriors let Gary Payne Second leave and then come back, it's like when your parents drop you off at summer camp and then they're like, Go have fun for a little bit and then we'll we will bring be you home. right back. Yeah, we'll be, we right will back. be right back. Gary Payne got the bag. He got because the Warriors were like, Oh, well, we don't have the money. But also with the Warriors doing this, the main reason why, regardless of Gary Payne the second. If they go through with this, they will save $131 million in the future.
1: And then it's like,
0: we just want you with your grandparents for six months. Yeah. We will be right back. Yeah, exactly. No, I I definitely agree. So that wraps up all of our trades. And really quick, um, final few things that we're going to do. We, so give me your winners and losers of the trade deadline. And for the winners to make it a little harder, we are not going to include the Phoenix Suns, Dallas Mavericks or Lakers as those are obviously the Mavericks and Suns, very obvious winners. They got all star starters, all NBA caliber players. And then for the Lakers, just getting rid of b- bad guys for Five quality rotation players that are all 27 or younger. So excluding those three teams, who is, who are your main winner, two, three winners, and who are your losers? For winners, I would say Clippers.
1: When you get off, uh, John Wall, Reggie Jackson, and you get back Eric Gordon, Bones Highland, Mason Plumlee. You're 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 loading up because you know we're we're trying to win a championship with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Yes, we've gotten unlucky the last couple of years, Help. Then we fucked off a three-one lead in the bubble to the Nuggets. We're trying to win a championship. Bones Island, Eric Gordon, and Mason Plumlee to replace Reggie Jackson and John Wall and Luke Kennard. And Luke Kennard. That's insane. That's robbery, yeah. essentially. That is that is so a
0: massive. The Clippers,
1: so the Clippers are easily a winner. I say the Raptors are a winner as well. They're standing on their standing, staying with that that foundation that they have, not trading away any of those key guys, bringing back Jakperdo, who again is a player that knows the franchise well, played for them before, been in playoff series with them. There, I really do think they're going to have a great second half. And then the Hawks. If this trade goes through, they are another team like the Raptors did not trade John Collins. Regardless, if they decide to keep him, they just couldn't find a home for him. Did not trade John Collins. If this trade does go through, which I assume and I think that the they State will allow it to go through, bring Sadiq Bay to replace Cam Reddish, who's going to play a bigger role than Cam Reddish, just because you know he's capable of bringing it to the table. If some guys are having an off night, like if DeAndre Hunter's shot is not falling, but his defense is there, Sadiq Bay can pick him, A.J. Griffin up. The, the Hawks still have a nice young court, Still have the same solid foundation they had when they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, for losers, I, losers, I just, Detroit for sure, if that Troy goes through, um, Charlotte, uh, I would say Charlotte just cause they don't have an identity. They just, yeah. like, yeah. you're just making moves just to make moves and, when you look at the history of how, however long Jordan has been in the front office, the Bobcast, the Hornets, they have just not made great moves. They just, no. the, their best move was bringing in Kimba. And since bringing in Kimba, okay, yeah, LaMelo, great move, but. Yeah, he fell to them at three. Like, what, like after LaMelo, what do you do around that? You, like, I would have thought PJ Washington would have been traded. Instead, you trade Plumlee. and you don't get nearly what you might have. Which you could have gotten back from, in my opinion. And then if there's any other loser out there, i would probably say maybe Houston. Um, we know Houston, they're not doing anything. They're tanking, but eventually like, when you look at the young talent that Houston has, you have to put it together eventually.
0: Build around like, Shen
1: Build. You got to build like, at this point, we, like we see it clear as day. Shen is the best young player on that team. He big. So you build around your big. He's now, 20 Green years is great. old. 20. Jalen Green is great, but he's inconsistent at times. Chucks up yep. a lot of bad shots. That will come with age. Not worried about that. Kevin Porter Jr. That's a great backcourt. They can score at will, but they just have, they have a lot of guys, they have a lot of young guys I feel that are just out of the loop. Like they play, but they're out of the loop. Like KJ yep. Martin. He plays, but it's like, does he really play? What does he really bring to the Rockets? Yeah. Is the underside.
0: You know yeah, those just, guys. I think
1: both of those guys are undersized wings who they try to play at the four sometimes. Like it, so, with Houston, they just don't really have an identity. So
0: I'll, I'll consider them losers as well. Yeah. All right. So for my winners, I agree. I think outside of the three teams we excluded because obviously those would be the three winners. I think the Clippers. Um, it just to finally it doesn't seem like they're like fake contenders anymore. Just to get off of John Wall, who was not playing great, Reggie Jackson, who they, we knew what he was, Luke Kennard, who as we said was inconsistent and to get, yep. first of all, address your main need, your two main needs, a backup big and backcourt. You get Bones Highland and Eric Gordon, who I think both will end up starting, which allows Terrence Mann and Norman Powell to slide to the bench. And even if, yep. even if regardless of between those four of Bones, Eric, Gordon, Norman Powell, and Terrence Mann. Two of them are coming off the bench. That is phenomenal for the, for the Clippers depth. And now you're yeah. adding, and then the same with Plumlee, Who, whichever isn't starting between Plumley and Zubach is now on the depth. You add those three, those three non, whoever's not starting between those, you know, the four backwards that we, players that we talked about, and then the two centers, and you add in Covington and Batum, that is a solid, solid, way better ten man rotation than what the Clippers were already running. Um, I would say, as you said, I agree that the Hawks, if the trade goes through, because that just adds, on, in theory, a fifth a guy that can score fifteen points. He's, you know, going to be their seventh man because Bogdan Bogdanovich is their sixth man. And stuff just adds in, as we said, just another. And I do think the only reason John Collins was not moved was because Phoenix got Kevin Durant. I think if yeah. Phoenix didn't get Kevin Durant, it seemed that John Collins was going to either there. Utah, Phoenix, or Indy. But I think that once um Kevin Durant went to Phoenix, that eliminates it. And then Utah, they were just kind of like, okay, we don't really need to make a win now move when we can get rid of these guys embrace the tank while kind of like retool not rebuild because they have good quality players but so many first round picks and then indy just being like okay same thing as utah we have good quality guys you know they signed the miles turner extension and stuff i would say the two other winners just because they addressed um exactly what they need and they're already championship contenders are denver and milwaukee um for denver to get thomas bryant and now sign. um Reggie Jackson I think that's a win they you know they got rid of Bones Highland and they got Reggie Jackson basically for a um, similar player maybe not quite the same ceiling just because Bones is so much younger we already know who Reggie Jackson is but veteran and then to get Thomas Bryant the main thing that the Nuggets needed was a backup center backup center they get one and an offensive minded one that they can still score and then for Milwaukee finally just getting the guy that they want in Jay Crowder adding that pj tucker and without getting rid of a key rotation player like they didn't get rid of grayson allen who was always thrown around and they didn't get rid of a future um their two biggest assets which are marjan Bochamp and their 2027 first round pick and they get a guy and they only really give up george hill and jordan nawara so i think that that's a win losers i actually have the raptors as a loser i understand your reasoning is them as a winner but for me the only reason i'm putting them as a loser is this summer they are going to have to pay fred van vliet gary trent jr and yaka boyle i don't think that og and Obi's trade value will ever be as high as it just was no. i don't think that um that fred van vliet is going to get, if they do a sign and trade, I don't think that he's going to get as much as he would have at the deadline. Gary Trent Jr. I don't, you could have gotten him for the Lakers second round picks and like Max Christie, Austin Reeves and stuff, you know, youth and picks and stuff and all that. I do, I do like the move for this season, but just looking into the future and stuff of what they could have gone if they did kind of do embrace a rebuild in a way that. Cause you can't sign and trade everybody. Exactly. And also just like, as I said, most, the three biggest trade assets they had, Van Vliet, Ananobi, and Gary Trent Jr., I don't think their trade value is ever going to be as high. I mean, there was being talked about that, like, O.J. Ananobi was going to go for, like, three to five first-round picks. Like, come on. And you're you're not going to get that this offseason with some of the, the moves being made. I agree with the Hornets. I'm surprised that Kelly Oubre is still on the roster. I'm surprised P.J. Washington is still on the roster. I'm, I'm surprised that Gordon Hay
1: was still there.
0: Go, I, for Gordon Hayward, uh, the only move I could see, a the only move, and I think this could be an offseason one, Gordon Hayward for Ben Simmons, the contracts match, Ben's, why not for Hornets, you know, at this point, what the hell, screw it, try it, right. and stuff, you know, have him play with LaMelo, blah, 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 and for Brooklyn, right. just go get another three and a wing, or whatever, Um, but for the Hornets, as I said, I'm still surprised, Oubre's on the roster, Rozier's on the roster, P.J. Washington is on the roster. Mason Plumlee, we kind of saw that coming, the trade coming, because now it frees up Mark Williams, who in his first start the other night got a double-double um, as a rookie. But to ha- still have those three and to be the one, that the Jalen McDaniels, to be the one you move off of, I'm a little confused by, um, just because of Oubre Rogier kind of already being proven products in the NBA. And I can't really think of another loser. I mean, Detroit, but as we kind of talked about, Detroit, what is Troy Weaver cooking? Don't let him cook. But to be fair, like I think that when Cade comes back after this summer, I think that there is going the Detroit's going to look different. And the main other reason is you could have gone a first round pick for Bojan Bogdanovic as a who is 34 years old. I don't know if he's going for a first round pick this summer. Because then he'll be he'll be his 35 year old season, so I factor in Detroit. And then the last thing we're gonna do before we sign off, we just heard that Reggie Jackson's going to Denver. Who are some buyout market guys that you would like to sign to certain teams? Like not just oh I think that he likes this 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 and this. Tell me if two or three players in the dream teams you want to see them play for. That's a good. That's great. Um I think you look at Westbrook. I don't think
1: he plays a single game in Utah. Right. Westbrook has since he signed that five year Superman extension with the Thunder, he's changed teams every year since he signed that contract. If Utah does go ahead and buy him out, I don't know where I don't know really in particular where he actually fits, but a team that I would like to see him play for, honestly, Chicago. Like, pair him with Levine and DeRozan. They didn't move. Bulls didn't, ended up, didn't, they ended up not trading Caruso. Miami is also a good suitor for Westbrook, I feel like, with Kyle Lauer being in and out of the lineup, Duncan Robinson being in and out of the lineup. Just having that extra guy to bring some energy, uh, so the ball doesn't have to be in Jimmy Butler's hands as much, make things easier on BAM. We know Russ Westbrook is an excellent playmaker. It 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 opened up a lot more shots for Bam. So maybe Chicago, maybe Miami for a rest with John Wall. I think John Wall, once he's bought out, he's probably just going to go to Phoenix or like, I feel like John was probably just going to go to Phoenix, probably get a, a better shot at getting a, at a championship. Um We know Phoenix needs the depth or they need a backup point guard or an additional backup point guard. We thought Reggie Jackson might go there, but as you know, Reggie Jackson signed with the Nuggets just now. Um, I know they said that he wasn't going to get bought out, but if the Cavs do decide to buy out Kevin Love, I would love to see Kevin Love go to the Lakers. I know they probably don't. I don't know how that might work with all the bigs that they do have, but a lot of the bigs that they sign, besides Mo Bum, he can't really step out and shoot the three like Kevin Love can. Kevin Love is also an excellent rebounder, and Kevin Love is great friends, won a championship with LeBron, so it just makes sense for me, in my opinion. Um, Any other buyout candidates that I can possibly think about at Bev, the moment? Pat Bev, Danny Green, Terrence Ross, no. Kim Birch. Okay, so Terrence Ross, Dallas. He's yes. going to Dallas. Pat Bev gets bought out. Pat Bev, I don't know where Pat Bev fits with contenders, because honestly, with Pat Bev, you're going to get what you're going to get with Pat Bev. Pat Bev is mainly talker. I'm not trying to say he's a terrible defender. He's a good but locker
0: room guy. He's a good locker room. He's a great room guy. locker
1: room. He's a great locker room guy. So if you need that veteran presence, that dog mentality, like Jay Crowder to the Bucks or PJ Tucker to the Bucks a few years ago, PJ Tucker to Philly now, Pat Bev going back to Miami could be a thing. As you know, when Pat Bev first entered the league, he started yeah. off with the heat, got That's cut. But he could def I could definitely see him going back down and he fits that heat culture kind of brand. He's the heat culture kind of guy. Memphis could be a spot for Pat Bev, I feel like. But then again, do you really want Pat Bev and Dylan Brooks in the same locker room? I don't know. I feel like that negative and negative Or John Morant's (laughs) friends. Yeah, we don't want them all red lasers being aimed at nobody after games. But yeah, for, for Pat Bev, maybe, maybe Miami is a good place for him to go. Uh, Kevin Love again, Lakers, maybe, Westbrook, maybe Chicago and Miami, John Wall, Phoenix, um, Terrence Ross to Dallas. I think, I think a lot of players might consider Dallas, especially if Kyrie signs that extension. Yeah. Kyrie signs that extension. Yep. I would say prior to the buyout market really becoming a thing and multiple players getting bought out, I expect a lot of players to start looking at Dallas because ultimately, Veterans and players that get bought out, they're not going to want to go if the second best player on that team isn't there long term.
0: Yeah. Um, here, I, I like all that a lot. Um, the main one I agree with is Terrence Ross to Dallas. And here are some that I think. Russell Westbrook to Miami. I like that more than Chicago. I think that Russell West, you put Russell Westbrook and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo on the court at the same time. I really like that. He's cheap. And then as you said, as we said, l- Lowry's been hurt. He's been in and out of the lineup. I do like John Wall to Phoenix. I think that that makes a l- some sense, um, where you can have him and campaign, split the backup point guard minutes. You just add more depth to Phoenix as they obviously need and stuff. Um, Pat Bev, I actually like for Milwaukee, um, is, Kind of just a, a locker room guy, a guy that you can play if need. Um, I don't really know where he'd, if he'd play that much, but I think at this point, Pat Bev just kind of, kind of has to own up and sign up for where he can want to ring and then focus on his parcel Sports podcast yeah, and be, be vocal, be vocal. Yeah. And I mean, he's a, vocal if, leader. Uh, a Pat Bev, Jay Crowder, Bobby Portis. Javon Carter, West Matthews lineup is clamps. Um, But I do think that if Pat Bev at this point, you know, you had those five years, I got the next at this point, he might as well. He's 35 years old. He's not going to really start for a contender. If he wants to win a ring, if he's going to go to anywhere, I really like Milwaukee. He has said, Plenty of plenty of times on his podcast, uh, for Barcelona Sports, the Pat Bev Pod. It's actually a really good listen. Go take a listen. Um, that he loves Giannis and Giannis has even told him come to Milwaukee win a ring, something like that. Um, so I like that a lot. Um, Danny Green, I just think like, you know, Clippers, why not? I think Lakers, why not? I think, you know, what, wherever. Uh, he can
1: find himself in Dallas too.
0: Yeah, I yeah that 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 could be a a good fit him and him Terrence Ross Reggie Bullock Josh Green Tim Hardaway Jr. That's a pretty solid three and D rotation. Kevin Love, if he is bought out, even though it seems like he might not, but we never know. I actually like Kevin Love for the Clippers more than the Lakers. I think Kevin Love is a better. Fit with the Clippers. With the Lakers, I look at guys that can play the 4-5. I look at LeBron James, Jared Vanderbilt, Anthony Davis, Mo Bamba, Rui Hachimura, and that's five players that we've already listed before we even get to the Wenyan Gabriels um, of the world and stuff. Versus he goes to the Clippers. Marcus Morris slides to the bench. Kevin Love can start, I or Kevin Love can be your backup for um, regardless of if you, if you want to start between him and Marcus Morris and you him in a Zubach or Plumlee um, four or five, that is boards, boards, boards. You have a post score in the five between Plumlee and Zubach and you have a shooter and Kevin Love and he's in LA and all that. I, I just really think that if Kevin Love goes anywhere where he kind of wants to win that second ring, it's Clippers, maybe Dallas. He's familiar with Kyrie. He likes Kyrie. Um, he can kind of Maxi Kleber's been hurt. Dwight Powell hasn't really looked the same. So uh, you know, Kyrie, Luca, Tim Hardaway Jr., Kevin Love, Christian Wood lineup isn't that bad. That yeah, is yeah, not sure. that bad of um a thing. I think um Ken Burch or Dwayne Denman, I think just any team that, you know. Needs an additional big. I think, I think one of them could end up on Milwaukee with Bobby Portis currently out with a sprained MCL, maybe just Bobby Portis insurance where you play him until Bobby comes back. And then you see how Bobby looks. Um, they, either of them could end up on Boston as they need another defensive big as even though Mike, they got Mike Pascala. He's, he's a shooter. He's not a defender. Um, so yeah, I think I think the buyout market, I don't think that there's I think wherever Russell Westbrook goes will improve I think
1: um, wherever Westbrook goes it determines where everybody else goes.
0: Yeah, cuz most of these be, guys that we were talking about are guards and I I don't think Kevin Love gets bought out, but the yes. Westbrooks, the John Walls, the Patrick Beverleys, the you know, so we already saw Reggie Jackson, so that's one domino that's already fallen. Um, and a contender and stuff. I think wherever Westbrook goes, sets where Wall and Pat Bev go. Yeah. So that is our episode, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Not Your Normal Read. Um, thank you to Mars for joining me. Mars, go ahead and plug your stuff again. Tell them where to find you. Tell them where to listen to.
1: Yep, you can uh, find me on Twitter at MarsJoint, Instagram MarsJoint underscore. The No Bias podcast. but Once again, no narratives, no agenda pushing, all facts, all the time. Apple and Spotify. I just want to say thank you to the homie Reeve for having me on. This was a blast. We got to do this some more. This was great.
0: I had a great yeah, time. Definitely, definitely a now recurring guest. Um, considering that if you do come on soon, you'd be the, the only person to make a second appearance. Um, Shout out to Jackson Hawk, who was my first guest, um, after I interviewed Kendrick Perkins. I've got a few more uh, interviews lined up for the not your normal read listeners. I know that as of right now, because I've taken a break, there's not a lot of you. Uh, we've got Pee Wee to plug for Bleacher Report it is a lined up interview. So look out for that. Um, expect one to two episodes a week and Mars will definitely be making a return. Plenty sure. of, plenty, plenty of, plenty sure. times. Um, Definitely probably going to have to talk um, awards, finals right now. Just tell me really quick, who's your MVP? Who's your finals prediction? Who's winning the ring before we sign off?
1: Um, MVP, got to go with Giannis right now. I think he's having a, he's having another career year. He continues to get better, which is insane. Uh, finals prediction, though. Um, final prediction, got to say Phoenix, just because what they have on paper currently, got to say Phoenix. Phoenix-Milwaukee, part two. I'm going Phoenix, Milwaukee, Part Two. I think the Bucks are going to edge out Celtics. I think they're going to get revenge for last season with Chris Middleton being back, then being completely healthy again, and then winning that. I'll probably have to say Bucks and six. I'm from
0: Milwaukee, so I gotta ride with the Bucks. Hey, man, I'm going the exact same thing. Giannis MVP. Love Jokic, but screw all this, you know, Stegosaurus, Raptor, all that stuff. And I that, get it. That's narratives. Those are narratives. It's, it's narratives, but you can't tell me that if the Bucks finish with the number one seed, here's a narrative for you. Bucks finish with the number one seed best record in the league while their second best player missed 39 games, and you have a two-time MVP, finals MVP, champion, averaging 32, 13, and 5. Boom. There's your MVP. Sorry, I don't care. We've seen a triple-double before. I love Jokic. I think he's the second best player in the world, but Giannis is your MVP. I have Milwaukee winning the finals over the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, Mavericks maybe. I'm going with the Mavericks. I think the only reason I'm going with the Mavericks, I could see Phoenix, but Chris Paul playoff choker. Yeah, so I mean it's Booker, it's Ayton, it's KD. I th- I do think that Phoenix Phoenix wins. Um I would Probably as a true basketball analyst, whatever, say Milwaukee Phoenix, but I'm just going to go with my, with my heart and say we're getting a Giannis Luca finals and we're going we to have Drew Holiday, we're going to have Drew Holiday clamp, clamp Kyrie up faster than Twitter can. So. All right. So thank you again for everybody for the episode and shout out Mars. This was not your normal read.